hello. Hello there. Ah, General Kenobi. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to episode 39 of the Sacred Icon Halo Show, where we talk all things Halo. All things. All things. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your co-host, Jovial Joshi, here to talk about something really cool today. But first, before we get into all that fun, goody, fun, fun stuff, uh, I want to introduce to you someone I've known for a long time that I've been doing this with since October. Uh, my buddy and my pal, my friend, ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Give a give a brunt grunt blah, blah, blah. give a grunt birthday party welcome to Brian Arvett. Brian, welcome to the show, buddy. There's so much build up to a person who's on every episode of this show. You think I'm somebody new or special, but I said I said blunt. <laughs> also, also I'm like, how many people first time listening to this podcast they started up and they're like, oh, it started off with the Obi Wan General Kenobi. This must be a Star Wars podcast. I'm on the wrong one. They just they just backed out. <laughs> Uh, Josh, you know what I've been doing this week? What you been doing, play? Something I don't do too often. I've been playing Halo 5's campaign. Yes. yes. I saw the tweets about that. Uh, the sweet me and Josh have been uh, pretty consistent with playing Halo 5's multiplayer, uh, but the campaign not as much. I think this will be my... F- you know, people always say, like, oh, I play, you know, oh, I play Halo 5's campaign way less than the rest. That's true for me as well, but I think this is my fourth or fifth time completing it. So that's still... I mean, most most people don't play a game that many times, and this is, like, my least favorite one. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> this is like your fourth or fifth time, and you're saying you don't play it that much, but I feel like for most people, they're like, oh, that's ten times more than I I mean, played. I played, like, for instance, Halo 4 was the last mainline title. I played that at least 30 times, for for real. I loved it. Halo 5, so this is way less, but yeah, this is probably fourth or fifth time. I'm playing it again, and I'm just like, you know, you know, all this time on the podcast, Sacred Icon Halo, it's been the first time I've literally played through it again since we started the podcast, and I've just been like, in a different mindset, and I've just been like, really trying to soak in all the good and, and just kind of, I'm already so aware of the bad. And, man, there's just so much good stuff in there. Just I'm having the gameplay so much fun. And I just, some of the scenes are really just look so, like, really beautiful. And, is there anything uh, in specific that's changed for you that, that stood out now? Um, Man, I okay, I th- here's the biggest thing that stood out. And I think, like, uh, people like, there's some people in the fan base that will be glad that this is, sticks out to me. Um, Team Osiris, man. Like, they're just, they're part of, they're part of Halo for me now. You know, I can't believe I'm don't don't get me wrong, you know, everyone listening. I'm not saying they were done super well. I'm not saying that they deserved the whole game while Chief was sidelined, like anything like that. You know, but when it came out, I was like, I don't want to play as Team Osiris. I wanna be I wanna be mad. I wanna be blue team, you know? Give me yeah. blue team. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and then when I beat the game the first time and I was upset with the narrative, you know, I just didn't really care much. But like, man, all these years have passed. Mm-hmm. And it's like Team Osiris, man, you know what? Like the, I like these guys, you know? I really They've really cemented themselves now. I play it, I'm just playing the campaign, you know. Uh, Vale's talking about how, you know, she learned, how she learned saying Healy. And, you know, Buck's talking about when he was an ODST. And yeah. Locke's talking about when he used to be with Oni. And I'm like, you know, this is a fun, it's a fun romp through the game with these characters. And I think, just like we've talked about in the podcast before, if Infinite comes out, and Infinite's great, and most people love Infinite, it's going to be one of those deals where it's a lot easier to swallow the pill that is Halo 5 when it's not the most recent Halo. You know, you can be like, you can look back on it retrospectively and go, yeah, you know, it had its problems, but we've moved on. We got something better now. And like, I really appreciate Halo 5. So. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna feel bad in that scenario for Halo 5 in a sense, because two people are probably going to look back at that and say, well, because of what happened in Halo 5 and the feedback and all that, we got all this, 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 and this in Halo Infinite. But it sucks to think like, because then the narrative will be, 
well, poor little Halo 5, like, yeah. gets all that crap thrown at it. Now, it's, like, basically, like, thanks for sucking so we can have this amazing yeah. game, you know? Poor, and, and I was going to say, too, uh, one thing I loved about Halo 5's campaign, dude, is the, the character banter in the missions as you're traveling. Oh, yeah. Like, I really liked that. And you don't get that with a lot of the other ones because it's most of the time, you're by yourself. Or you're yeah. with Cortana or whatever, you yeah. know. So yeah, I mean. no, I really enjoyed it. I think um, you know, there's just I was just watching one of the cutscenes with Blue Team, and it was just like Chief leading the leading them, and like Fred and and Kelly were each on his side, and then like as they went through this door, Linda like turned around with her sniper, and she like was covering the door as they walked in. And I'm yeah. like, this is so cool seeing Blue Team, you know, in a game working together. I know we didn't see them much, but it kind of reminds me of uh, what Ian said last week about like his biggest thing is I miss want- Ian. He doesn't want blue team swept under the rug. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm playing Halo 5 right now. I'm like, yeah, that would really be like, they need to be, you know, I'm not, I agree with everything else, with everything 343 is doing. This needs to be a Master Chief centric game in, in, three, four, in uh, Infinite, but they need to uh, at least acknowledge the existence of blue team. You know, don't make it so like one, Halo is one through four. We didn't know blue team existed. And then Halo Infinite on. It's like blue team never existed again. We need to now at least acknowledge, I mean, it'd be cool if you could see them in some way. But at least acknowledge them. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, but our main topic at hand today is going to be multiplayer-centric. Josh's field. Oh, yes. This is where Josh trained for years. He went to a four-year technical college in multiplayer. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, Josh, yes. hit me up with the sound. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Joel Mdama is having hemorrhoid pains. And... <laughs> He Halsey Halsey okay. is Halsey is trying to administer hemorrhoid cream to Julandama, and this is for a cutscene. This is for a cut cutscene from Halo Five. So Halsey's trying to administer hemorrhoid cream to Julandama, but they couldn't get Julandama's actor in for the day. So it's Kermit the Frog's actors playing Julandama. Wow. So I need you to react, order, bro. <laughs> I need you to react to being frustrated as Halsey shoves hemorrhoid cream up Joel Madama's ass, but he's voiced by Kermit the Frog. <laughs> okay, just gonna, just gonna put a little bit right here. It's just gonna sting a little. Wait, Kermit the Frog, right? Kermit the Frog. Man. Yeah, this is this feels very unworthy. This feels very unworthy of my, of my skin, of my butt tissue. It feels very, it's very, oh, that's, that's a little cool. That feels good. Oh, that's feeling better already. What is this? Oh, is it human stuff? I do not want this. Get this away from me. <laughs> that's bad Paul's again. like, maybe you wouldn't have hemorrhoids if you hadn't shoved the Janus key up there. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we didn't get that in Halo 5. Now that's what I call cold storage. Am I right, Josh? <laughs> seven minutes into the episode oh my gosh anyways josh take us through the journey that is multiplayer if we can move on from that i don't know about that Man, that's, wow. call, that's where you hey can that be the episode title now that's oh. what i call cold stories <laughs> that's a great name for it but oh my god the context <laughs> uh, oh. over to you josh oh, i'm gonna need a minute um Okay. Yeah, multiplayer. Multi. I don't know how to move on. That's a hard. That's that. There's no segue. Woo! There. Man. Except cold storage is a multiplayer map. Oh my goodness. Uh, 
Yes, to move on with tears in my eyes. Thank you for that, Brian. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an infomercial at the end of the infomercial. Now that's what I call cold storage. Just call call eight 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 four 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 two one nine six and get your free second tube of hemorrhoid cream. Halsey approved. Halsey approved. Yeah. I'm Dr. Halsey, and I approve this message. Uh, yeah, so we've uh, this is something we've been we've kind of had in the cards for a while and months. Yeah, months. And uh, actually, got a before I dig into it, I, I want to give a quick shout out to Jordan Shipley, who made the suggestion many moons ago uh, for us uh, to, to to do something like that. And instead of like typical uh, multiplayer fashion where it's just like tips or showing how to you know or discussing how to do crouch jumping or call outs or anything like that i thought you know especially for a podcast something something that's maybe not been done as much is more uh the headspace uh we sometimes find ourselves in and before a match during a match and after and uh i want to cover a couple topics about those brian and i are two very different types of multiplayer players i'm someone who's very very competitive and, and in a way that's Especially the older I've gotten, who can can have fun still. I don't get. I'm very competitive, but I don't uh, take it too seriously because I think that's very bad. Whereas Brian is like, hey, I'm just here to have a good time. I'm not as like invested in this, right, Brian? Like, yep. Tell, tell everyone listening who hasn't maybe played multiplayer with you, like, what kind of multiplayer player you are. Uh, so basically, I have no competitive bone in my body. I've said it before on the podcast. So I'm the kind of person that can be. I could be 30 deaths and zero kills and not be upset because I'm just I'm just running around having a fun time with my friends. I don't care. Uh, so that's kind of what that's going to lead into some of the topics of this of this episode because um, luckily uh, Josh is like he said he's not a uh, he's not an angry person. But if Josh is in the mindset of let's let's you know let's form up as a team let's let's really try here let's work together, and I'm in the mindset of oh I just want to goof off and talk talk about stuff while we play um being in two different mindsets can lead to a completely different result in uh, different headspaces as josh would say a completely different result in a multiplayer match and um yeah i'll let josh kind of lead it from here but the one thing i'll say is before i let him get into that is that i have the capability to be a competent player if i am in the headspace if i want to if i want to stick with my teammates um you know absolutely man. try i i you know it's not it's not uncommon for me to go positive K- KD ratio, but uh, I just have so so little comp- competitive bones in my body that I usually uh, just kind of don't don't try too hard. But uh, we'll get more into that. Josh, take it away. Yeah, uh, you know, part of the reason I I, I wanted to do this because I thought you know, and for being competitive, you know, with the multiplayer. Now, uh, with this in in mind, everything we're about to discuss for me personally, uh, when I sort of drummed up these notes. I had Halo 5 in mind, but I think everyone listening to it will find that this stuff translates into regular Halo or even mm-hmm. other multiplayer games because it's just if more anything, kind of broad strokes. If anything, the the multiplayer it relates <clears throat> to the least is probably for Halo 4 and Reaches because those had the most random wrenches thrown into them. Oh, that's true. That's true. Not that it doesn't apply still. No. Also, well, one little heads up for you guys. Um, if When Josh is talking about this stuff, pre-warning... Um, if anything he says about me and multiplayer sounds harsh, it's actually not at all. Me and Josh are in complete agreement on it, um, where I stand and my, my skills and my mentality. Uh, we've already talked about this stuff, so Josh isn't being well, mean I, at all. Yeah. I appreciate that, Brian. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. But I I'll, I try to be hard on myself, too, because I know I can can be better. But, yeah, the way I look at it is like, you know what, we these are 
competitive multiplayer games and it's like they're not real sports but you know you have things like esports where people get just as invested in some ways as with real, real sports and like we it's not a physical activity right so what's the one muscle that we can flex in this it's our brains and i think mm-hmm. that's if you're someone who's really trying to to be a better player or you're trying to just really get immersed in this uh it's hard to sometimes not tune out sometimes like if you're you know in a match and you guys are winning by a landslide and Maybe then you just start like phoning it in because it's just like, I don't need to try. I can relax a bit and stuff like that. And we're just going to talk about that stuff. So first things first, I want to talk about uh, what I call dead zones. What are dead zones? Uh, For those of you that have played on like midship or like the truth in Halo 5, it's kind of like that bottom area of the map, you know, like underneath the the sword up top and everything like that. It's that whole bottom area. Big open area. Yeah. Yeah. Now for me... Personally, I look at those as, as no-no areas, you know, just like on lockout, uh, mid-top, mid-top of lockout, you know, there's that whole middle area, it's got the little glass, you know, you can shoot and go down and everything. Yeah. Why do I call that stuff dead zones? I call it because that because there's no, you put yourself in this open vantage point where there's just no cover. And Brian, when you're kind of playing these games, I, I know you're different, but like, you don't really, do you, do you at all ever think about kind of the route you're going? Maybe if, to get, like if it's a yeah. flag and you're trying to get across, like... Are you putting any thought into that? How do you I think even it? even for me, someone who's not competitive, the the whole dead zone thing is pretty pretty obvious. I think most players are aware of that as well. Um, if we went into the match with the headspace of like we're really trying to focus and be competitive, I will never run through the middle ever. Mm-hmm. I'll always go around, <clears throat> under, over, stay out of the middle because you go through the middle, you're just putting the target. Like that's the thing is when you think about those big open spaces and multiplayer maps. The way they're designed is a million different eyes can see you from a million different vantage points. Like most any person in the map can move slightly and see that area of the map usually. You know what I mean? So, um, but like I said, I usually am not that competitive. So when I'm not in that competitive m- mode, yeah, I'll run through the middle a lot just to just chance it or just for fun or or sometimes even just stand in the middle and see if I can shoot someone because I don't care. You know what I mean? Well, but yeah, you're someone who, you know. Yeah. Well, you're someone who plays, like, when we play Capture the Flag, you go straight for the objective. I'm not saying, yeah. like, literally, like, straight on okay. the map, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. so with, with something like that, will you find yourself in a position of just, like, I'm just going to go straight across and get that t- Never. Map no, or, no. I'm sorry, I'm, get the flag touched. When I'm doing objective and I'm trying to capture the flag, I'm always hugging the wall the way the saw around the edges usually. That's what I'm doing. Like I'll I'll, I'll hug okay, yeah nice. I, I didn't actually know no, yeah like uh, I'll hug the wall all the way I'll take like I'll take a long time if somebody can get there in a minute I might take three minutes just so I can get there without anybody seeing me mm-hmm. then I grab the flag though I think the one thing you might be more referring to what I will do is that and I'm not saying this is a good good headspace but this it's it's usually works for me um, I don't really shoot at all when I play capture the flag almost ever um, if somebody's like standing in front of the flag guarding it I'll just quietly run behind them grab the flag and take off and you might think well <laughs> play yeah, up. and you might think well they're going to be notified that their flag's missing and know that you're right there right. but a lot of times the fact that i didn't even shoot them or make any sound and i just grabbed it it kind of disorients them and then a lot of times i have a teammate around you can pick them off so i don't really shoot much at all i just sneak around and and yeah i was gonna say that's i get that because it can definitely cause uh, a bit of panic within yeah. players like i remember on because most uh, people won't, wouldn't do that. They'd start shooting. Like if he's if you're behind the guy and he's standing in front of the flag, you're gonna try to shoot him. But then there's always the chance that he could get you. He could kill you. You know. So. Yep. Yeah. When I would play Zanzibar, <clears throat> pardon me. When I play Zanzibar a lot, and we spawn on the outside of the map, and we're playing capture the flag, like on the beach, I would get in uh, a vehicle and I would just 
zip it over there, and I would go in one of the front area, one of the front bottom areas that you can go into. I'd go in there and grab the flag, and I'd usually at least, I'd say about sixty percent of the time, sixty percent of the time, get at least to the wheel. Yeah. You know, and by that point, like my other teammates are kind of like coming out there to do it. Um, but in regards to dead zones specifically, uh, I think. I think it's a, a risk reward kind of thing because in, in certain objective types it can really help like you know oddball and king of the hill and, and you're playing capture the flag and stuff and you kind of sometimes you just have to like when we had that community play date on midship and it was uh king of the hill and it was just in bottom oh, mid of midship, and we were like all just pulling it and it was just nothing but grenades just uh sticky grenades flying in there i mean you can't do well, nothing that's with another that, good but thing when it's uh Josh, is with those dead zones sure. it's so easy to just toss grenades in there as well like even if yep. somebody's not willing to like use their time and precision to try to take you out in the middle. It's easy for someone to just lob a grenade up there, you know, so yeah. it's just never yeah, a exactly. good spot like, to be in. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of putting yourself in a position where, you, you know, if you're getting hit, you can't retreat. And how does that affect you negatively? Well, in your team, well, think of your, maybe you have three other players and they're trying to play competitively and you're the one player who's maybe just like willy nilly, just drone in right through that. And you're putting yourself in that position and maybe you die and you don't care. But then those other three players that's going to set them back a bit because now they're the one player down. That's that's one death down, and but but on the flip side, to play devil's advocate, it's a great opportunity if you're ever able to to lure lure players into that. You know, lure them into the dead zones mm-hmm. and and capitalize on you know the players not being as uh, perceptive and stuff like that. I mean, it's when uh when I play Halo Fives on Truth and you know you have on one side the camo and I'm usually always trying to push for camo. I usually take a quick second to peek out and see if anyone's coming yeah. down the middle because that happens a lot of times and more often than not. And more smart players aren't going to do that, but the more kind of more laid back people are going to do that. And I mean, it sounds terrible, but multiplayer, if you're going with the mentality of win, you want to capitalize yeah. on that see, stuff. You really I think do. it's important to, to specify, like, I mean, this is just our opinion. It's not fact or anything, but like if you are just going into a random matchmaking um, on your own on Xbox Live or something, I feel like you have full rights and there's nothing wrong with playing however you want. Like, if you enter random matchmaking and sure. you just want to goof off... Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, you know, betray your teammates and disconnect the game. I'm talking about <laughs> if you just want to run around and not try too hard and have fun, I think that's completely fair. I don't think... Now, obviously, people could get mad at you, but I don't think it's fair to get mad at you. I think if you're playing matchmaking and your decision is to go in there and have fun... That's your right to do so, and people should just expect that's what they're going to get when they go into random matchmaking parties. Um, same goes for if you're with a team. Let's say let's say we have like a Sacred Icon Halo, you know, community play date where we all kind of go in and play together in like a sixteen or eight eight sixteen player team. If we go in it just like we're all going to have fun, then that's fine. But I think there's I think you should understand the audience you're playing with. So if you're going into a competitive match with friends and there's four of you and three of them want to play seriously, they want to be competitive, they want to really try, I think as the fourth player, you don't have to be good, but you should, I think it's good etiquette to try and and play seriously for those other three. You know what I mean? You no, know, absolutely. So, so, I definitely yeah. get that. So, but basically, long short of it is, understand the audience you're playing with. I, I, you know, it's not wrong of you to have like because I'm kind of I'm it's coming from a guy who plays for fun. I'm not really competitive, but 
understand the audience. I, I think it's just good etiquette that if everyone else on your team wants to try, you shouldn't goof off running around the middle not trying. Um, but obviously, if everyone's on the same page, we're just doing this for fun. Yeah, go ahead. You know, but sorry. Go yeah, for Josh. and and by all means, it, it, I mean if someone's playing with me in the future and you guys do that, I don't mind personally. This is just more so when you're when you're trying to be on the same page. And like Brian said, you know, it's it's helpful when, when you have I think the majority of players, whether they're trying, whether the majority are wanting to play casual or competitive, it, it helps to kind of go with that flow. Even if you don't maybe want if to there's get on that a decent amount of people who want to helps. go casual. You should, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like you should just tend to go towards casual. Like, if you got five people and two of the five want to be casual, you might just want to do a casual game because even though there's like good etiquette and whatnot, if two, if if almost half of your party wants to go casual, it's gonna be probably hard for them to get in that competitive <clears throat> space. And it's like, it's kind of like if Josh is in the Discord and he's like coordinating with five people to play, and f- and like four out of those five are all talking about playing competitively. That fifth guy, it's probably good etiquette to not just run around and die because it, it's been discussed <laughs> beforehand that the, the goal is to try to be competitive. Um, but I think I can I think I think probably speak for both of us when I say if we do any kind of like Sacred Icon Halo, like playing together, we're probably just going to be doing it for fun, right? I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. going to have fun. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'll still want to play to win, but like, I will have no issues if I lose every single match. And if I go, if I have a negative KD the entire time, like, I'm not so competitive that, you know, that's an important thing. We'll kind of get into that more later, but I think it's a, an important thing to bear in mind that, like, when you have a sort of mentality going into a match or matches, regardless of who you're playing with or against, like, it helps to try to at least remember that you're playing this because it's fun and try to, to come at it from that perspective, whether it's, you know, the yin and yang of yeah, competitive this, or this whole episode's more more a study of headspace than it is a what to expect from playing with Josh and Brian, yeah. you know? And, and, and the reason... Yeah, and the reason we, we do that too, I should have mentioned before, is that I think for me personally, that impacts me so much in a way I don't realize it until after. I can go and I can watch my safe films and I can look back and I can remember maybe I w- that I was having a conversation before that particular match and maybe it was on something about a movie, you know, something completely unrelated. And it shows in my, how my performance is. I'm not saying that's always going to be the case, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I guess sometimes we as players don't really realize um, how that can seep into our performances. Yeah. You know, and, and and whether or not we even want that, but but uh, the last thing I'll say about dead zones before we move on is I think uh, a good example being like if I'm someone, let's say we're playing on lockout and I'm at snipe tower, and Brian's gonna run over to br tower uh, to try to kill the team or to try to get you know uh, a flag or something like that, you know and he and it, it's tough when you put yourself at the you know the the top mid area even if you're going in the bottom area it's bad why because you're on this narrow pathway and you don't have if you're getting shot at you have nowhere to really go but forward if you're in the bottom area right if you're in the top area yeah you have a couple exits like you know you have the 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 lift tower and everything like that too but like you're not going to get to anything in time typically more often than not so if if i'm up there trying to cover brian and he decides to run out there willy-nilly it's it's going to put a little bit more on me to sort of try to cover him and it's going to open him up too far. However, devil's advocate, again, it could be that people are going to try to shoot him and run out and fight him, and I'm just going to be able to pick them off. So it's if it's the kind of thing you can strategize about, it can help your team, I think, to lure a lot of other players and to sort of manipulate them into, you know. And But, again, on the flip side, if you're not coordinating, it can definitely – if Brian was running out there and doing that willy-nilly and he dies, well, that's a strike against us. You know, and and that's something uh, you know one of us might have two, to compensate. Two things that came to mind, Josh. One, sure. 
I think it should be said that the whole crazy play, the 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 Leroy Jenkins in type of moves, they don't work 99% of the time. The reason that they're called, you know, the the Leroy Jenkins type of move, the reason that they're they're called like the crazy play is because they're not supposed to work. They most of the time don't. And we we have friends that do that, you know, or I, I've even done it, yeah. you know, and it's like Shout out to Justin, who I played Gears of War with uh, so much in the past. Uh, I don't mean to, I, it's not my intention at all to throw you under the bus if you're listening, man. But we would be on Gridlock for an, just a quick example. And we'd be on there's the Snipe Tower, and we'd be on one side of the stairs, and the other team's on the other side of the stairs. And you could literally feel a gridlock as people are waiting, to, What the, each team is waiting to see who's going to move first to go up there. And we would decide to wait, and we were going to be stubborn about it. And after a while, Justin would say, "I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, here's what I'm gonna do." And we're like, "No, don't do yep. it, Justin." He's like, "I'm, I'm just, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. I'm gonna go up, and I'm gonna just try to draw him out." And, and and we're like trying to tell him no, but we're like, "All right, you know." Hey, and sometimes, sometimes it worked, but yep. not. Justin's running over there, and you hear a shotgun firing, and then you see his name next to a shotgun, the shotgun icon, and his voice goes out, and he's yep. dead. And so, I mean, it's. It's one of those things that it, it, communication obviously is important. It makes for cool and I think moments. It does make for but hilarious it happen moments. And it, no, no. And, and there's like I said, though, there's times Justin's gone over there and killed the entire team, and we're like, holy crap. You, well, everybody wants that moment, but like that's not – you shouldn't play in that mindset. Like if you're – once again, if you're in the mindset of like trying to be competitive and winning, you shouldn't play in the Leroy Jenkins mindset. Like you, you want those cool moments, but it's better to just formulate as a team, work together, and take them out properly – uh, than to do that. And well, and I ahead. think go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say I think that really shows itself in Halo Five. And again, I know this this applies to to any game really, but I think it it really for me showed itself in that because there can be such huge gaps in the scoring. If you're going like if you're a team who's who's working together and communicating versus a team who's like compi- comprised of individuals who are just kind of running about all doing their own solo things. It can be a landslide victory because of just how much you, you like. It sounds so corny, but like your teammates are really your ultimate weapon. I think it's fair to say, though, too, Josh, that um, Halo 5 was very, very much designed to be a sweaty, competitive, MLG team-type game. There is a much better shot of you being a one-man army in Halo 3 than there is in Halo 5. Not that it can't happen in Halo 5, but like we noticed when we played the beta right off the bat, me, Josh, my brother Creighton, and Justin that we just spoke of, when we, like, got in a team of four and stuck together and covered each other and, like, just moved as a pack, we were just a wrecking ball, you know? Whereas, like, you can do that in Halo 3 or, or Halo 2, but Halo three, 2 and 3, it's there's a little more encouragement to be your own player, whereas 4 is, or Halo 5 is, like, you know, this is designed around team. Your team is That's your why even, like, yeah. they even have the built-in voiceovers for the Spartans are like, you know, uh, I'm I'm in red, blue, 5-9, or whatever, you know, they just random stuff. Right. Um, no, I, I yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that 100%. I, and, and the sweaty uh, approach is definitely not for everybody. And I totally respect that. I don't, like, you know, you've always, you can, I mean, you can say it here whether I'm wrong or not, but I don't think I've ever jumped on you once about, you playing casual in Halo 5 no. or, or any Halo. I, I don't think, think if we all decided to go in competitively and then you see me do something wild, like run across the map alone, Josh might remind me. He's like, remember, stay with the team, Brian. I'll be like, I'll literally be like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, I forgot. Like, yeah. So, no, he. it's totally a cool thing. Um, two other things I was going to say um, sure. is one. Yeah, so, like, I, I've done those Leroy Jenkins moves 
And, you know, they, they almost never work. Like I could tell you guys a thousand stories about how they didn't work. But the coolest one that ever worked for me is I was actually playing a one. I was one V one wanting a guy locally who was he was like top five of the country in Halo two at one point. Ooh. And I was one V one him for fun on Sand Trap. Halo three launch week on Sand Trap. One v one, yeah, huge map. Okay, and he was literally it was like a first one to twenty five, and he was literally at like twenty one kills. I had zero. You know, this is top five, whatever. And I did a Leroy Jenkins move where I threw an equipment grab grab lift, picked up one of those um, power drainers, threw the power drainer at the grab lift. The power drainer floated up the grab lift, took out his Hornet. Because of power drainer, and then I stuck a plasma to his hornet and killed him. And he <laughs> Damn, won. Brian. It was twenty-five to one, but my one kill. But that was the one. That was kill. my one kill, and he was like, "What the no?" Because he was like, you know, he was a pro, <laughs> but like he, you know, Halo Three was still relatively new, so this whole like grav lift, power drainer, stick him type, because he couldn't move in the hornet; it just fell out of the sky. Yeah. It was. God, that's why I love. Yeah, those. it was it the so coolest like Leroy Jenkins type moment ever. But obviously, like Holy I suck, cow, you know. Man. But uh, the one other thing... Hey, but that one kill was probably sweet. Oh, yeah, dude. I should have recorded five, it. I should have so. kept it, you know. Absolutely. Um, but the last thing I'll say is, this is on completely on topic, but a little off, is if you guys remember in the Halo 2 anniversary multiplayer, they added a few new things. And one of the things they added was, um, like, those buttons you could press in multiplayer maps to make different things happen. And as I'm listening... Yeah. Like the waterfall. Yeah. The as water I'm listening to Josh tree. talk about dead zones and stuff, I think I'm maybe coming to the conclusion that it's a good thing they didn't include those random button events in the original Halo 2 because one of the things one of the things they included in that Halo 2 anniversary is on the map Ascension, remember how you can press the button, that big energy shield goes yep. around the literal yeah. dead zone of the biggest dead zone of the map. There, A shield will go there. Well, that kind of encourages people to go run out there into the dead zone, which you could argue there's a strategy to using the button and incur- and stuff like that. But for me, that kind of might, I think now that I'm talking to Josh about that, that kind of kills the flow a little bit. That encourages people to be in the dead zone, and that's, that kind of ruins the flow. So it's maybe better that those aren't in Halo games. Yeah, I mean, it's gimmicky like in the it's good gimmicky. sense. So, something like that in the good sense. It's like if Brian runs out of there, right, runs out there, and I'm like in the tower, and I'm like, Brian, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I can, if I'm by yep. that button, I can hit that switch. However, there's a guy having fun. That's point. so you. That's so neat. But it's gimmicky. It is. As hell. It is neat. Yeah, but at the same time, I think the whole the whole point of those dead zones in some of the maps is to facilitate a sense of if you run out here, we have these towers. Usually, yeah. We have these towers. Yeah, you might get to a certain spot quicker that you're trying to get to, but at, it's at the risk of all these people who have a high ground, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, and who are going to be able to take you out easily. And that's why you usually on those kind of maps that have a dead zone or dead zones, they usually have these extra sort of platforms or corridors or something that you can go into that's sort of taken the long way around. And it sucks sometimes to have to do that, but like it's really beneficial. And I found for me as a player personally... Typically, I have a better KD, um, and my team will win um, more often than not when I do take the mindset to sort of be patient in how I navigate through I think the stuff like those energy shields also cause a lull in gameplay because, like, if you're up in the tower with a sniper and I'm – let's say I'm fighting against you, Josh, and, like, I run across the center and I just mm-hmm. wait in the middle energy field, like, the game just comes to a standstill for no reason. Like, you, you're up there on the sniper tower – 
and you can't shoot me because of the energy shield, but you know it's going to go down, and when it does, you'll kill me. Right. So it just it just yeah. kind of causes a lull. I think it's cool they experimented with that in Halo 2 Anniversary, but probably good that they they aren't doing that stuff for other Halos. But No, definitely. I mean, I think, I think the idea of having that on... I forget the name of it, but the coagulation remake, mm. like where the, oh, the yeah, EMP, EMP field, like the banshees, you know, and stuff. yeah, That's cool. that like that is definitely cool because vehicles get used so yeah. frequently on that. So, but anyway, yeah, moving on, Josh. Pros and cons to it. Moving on, the next topic is shadowing. Uh, what is shadowing? Shadowing is basically when you're not using a mic, playing with players that you don't know, so there's no verbal communication, and you're basically just going to pick a player and you're going to follow them. Why do I? refer to it as shadowing because you're basically hugging them you're sticking to them like they're a friend and the benefit is that you know when you're playing when you're going in trying to play competitively in a regular match but you're not talking to these people you know maybe you're someone who has okay i'll say this you know i feel like most people who might have social anxiety like sometimes i do you know and and you don't want to talk to random people most people are more often than not going to say hey just do it you'll be glad you did and you know what they're right but if there's if you're trying to look for a way to still be competitive and, and sort of dance around that a bit uh, to find a sort of middle ground, shadowing is a great way to find a balance of still sticking with a teammate and, and you know, having two heads together rather than just your own and then everyone isolating, you know, because then you're kind of putting yourself in a position to yeah, like, yeah, you might hate that this where the way this player moves. I can admit personally for me, sometimes I, I, I will sometimes isolate because I. You know, it sounds vain, but I'll feel like I know how to navigate a map. Like I'm thinking of like Coliseum in Halo 5. I know how to navigate that map pretty well. I know uh, most of the weapon pickups and everything like that. So it's going to be harder for me to maybe follow a player, shadow a player of, you know, who might have a, a lesser skill. But it's smarter to do that because, you, you know, if you come in a, against an enemy, if that player comes against the enemy, you both are there rather than just him. And the odds are increased more in your hey, favor. This is, you know, do you ever do something like that? Well, probably? this is going to seem so obvious to many of you maybe other of you maybe like some other people will will, this will be kind of eye-opening for them like it was for me but it's really pretty common sense i guess um for so long when i played halo multiplayer i would be obsessed with getting the kills for myself like even if i'm on a team i want it to say that i got six kills seven kills 20 kills whatever and so this whole idea that Josh is talking about with shadowing, I would purposely never do that. Well, and he, Josh is more referring to, you know, you're not in communication with this person. They don't have a headset. But I'm just talking about in general, shadowing, staying next to teammates. That's something I did not like to do because there was a good chance if I stayed next to a teammate, they would get the kill for something I participated in. And that, to me, was losing. It was losing to me that I shot this player and my teammate got the kill. But... It was probably like around like right before Halo 5 beta time where I started to realize like like when you're playing a team game it makes way more sense to stick with your team and you like like let's say I'm a bad player and I don't usually get kills all of my shots that land on enemies that my team is able to pick up I am vastly helping my team like don't don't sell yourself short on the fact that you shot, you know, at a million dudes and you only got two kills the whole game. Like if you right. if you only died once or, or none and you shot at a ton of people and your teammates picked up the kills, you have been an instrumental help to them because maybe they were in a fight 
where the other person had to jump on them and they weren't going to be able to get enough shots off to turn the tide around, but you came in with two, three shots. I mean, that's just, that's instrumental. So like if you're playing with, if you're on a team and let's say it's a team of four and the other three guys have over 10 kills and you have less than five, a lot of times we say, tell ourselves like, I'm embarrassed. I feel like I'm the worst on the team. I suck. But like, provided you weren't like, 20 deaths or something provided you didn't go negative like you <laughs> still help so much by sticking with the team backing people up offering shots here or there and let's be honest guys all of us do that thing where we shoot somebody one time and we get the kill and we're like oh yeah 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 i got i got nine kills but in the back of your head you know that five out of those nine kills you just got the last shot right i feel good but i usually feel yeah exactly so like but it's so there's you already know there's going to be moments where you're picking up a kill you didn't quote unquote earn so like you should be more i feel like you should be more willing to accept your teammates picking up kills because ultimately you want your team to win you want you want to you want to be uh you want to feel like you're adding to your team you're helping them so long story short that's kind of how, when at least when I'm in a competitive mood, that's how I play now. I'm going to stick close to Josh, Justin, my brother. They're the ones I usually play with. I'm going to stick close to them. I'm gonna If I see a guy, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to try to stay back, stay safe. And if I only get two shots, like if I land two shots on that guy, maybe I only shoot him twice in like the leg. I don't do a lot of damage, but that was just enough to put it over the edge so that Josh could kill him. It was totally worth yep. it. Yeah, that's helping, or that's helped so many times in, in different ways. And I love you actually saying that, man, because it's so hard, I think, to be that person that wants to sort of give themselves selflessly as a teammate, but like it can really help. I mean, I know for me personally, it, it, yeah, I, I most of the time I play with um, Brian, Justin, Creighton and stuff like that. I'll be at the top, if not one of the top two or something like that. But for me, if I get, if my team wins, I don't care. I don't care about that. I just, I want to win. And if I get, if I go seven kills and two deaths or something and I get, but I get like 15 assists. I'm going to be happy because I'm like, for me personally, I'm like, okay, I helped get, I helped my team get 15 kills. I participated like, and the assists should not go unnoticed. Like they, that deserves so That's much. That's why I like in the beta, you actually got a pop-up medal on the center of the screen for assists. They got rid yeah. of that. Well, you still get that. No, no, I thought no like in the beta, it like, it, it got the same prominence as a kill on space on the screen. Oh, I got you. They, they, they took it out, yeah. um, which maybe for pros yeah, that was maybe a good thing. I don't know, um, but I, yeah, it's it's definitely frustrating to be in a position where you're you you know like shadowing for me is something I still struggle with doing myself. It's a, it's an acquired taste, but it's important. It, it, it helps you know to facilitate uh, to facilitate a sense of teamwork. You know, and sometimes the other players are going to pick up on that and they're going to notice. I think it, it helps to you know to just be honest about your your skill level too because adjusting for how skillful you are can make you so much better. Cause like Josh talks about how he's usually, he usually is at near the, t- either the top or near the top of our team and does really well. So Josh's skill, Thank you, Josh's skill in Halo, he's more likely if he starts to uh, pursue an enemy, he starts to shoot in an enemy. He is much more likely to carry it through and finish it and get the kill than I am. That's just a fact of our skill in Halo. So, so where I'm talking about how like, oh, you know, I maybe land five shots and then, or maybe I land like three or four shots and then somebody else on my team lands another three, four, they get the kill. That's more likely to happen for me. It's it's a lot more likely for me because I have a lower skill that I'm not going to be able to finish the person off because I'm just not as good at the game. So it's much more beneficial to my team 
and it makes me look like a much more competent player where I acknowledge that my Ooh. skill is not as much and I help in the ways I can help and let them, you know, take care of it. Where like so like like I said, Josh he doesn't come out at the end of the match, he might have twenty kills, I have four. Well, Josh's skill, he's more like but see Josh is still backing away when he knows he's gonna die. Like if Josh knows he's gonna die, he's still backing away and allowing me or someone else to get the kill because he knows it's smart. But since Josh's skill is higher, he's more likely to get more kills. But that doesn't demean the fact, even if I noticeably have less skill, if I played skillfully, like if I played with a competitive mindset and I got four kills the whole match and one or two deaths and I helped assist a lot, still an extremely valuable teammate. So, Oh, absolutely. Dude, I, can tell, I can't tell you the, the amount of times I've gone into a match by myself, not with any friends, not using a mic. I don't play that good. I play way but I, I will be a good player when I'm actually playing with people and, and communicating. Like ninety percent of the time compared mm-hmm. to like the I'd say ten, twenty yeah. percent time. That's the ideal way to uh, play. when I'm when I'm playing with people I don't know. And so it helps. So having people like Brian help compliment me and make me a better player. So like on my own, maybe I'm not maybe I'm just an okay player, but in terms of a team dynamic, I'm much more strengthened because I have someone like Brian who I know is gonna help me maybe maybe I got a double kill and that third guy right there I I just almost drained his shield completely and killed him but I died and then but Brian's right there because he was shadowing me Brian's right there to pick up the the slack and and, and finish you know get the kill and that's so rewarding for me seeing that when I'm dead and I'm like no and I feel that moment but then I see him drop and I see Brian just rushing you know tooting up and down that map like it's such a good feeling and, and it's all because of yeah, I think it's a, like I think that. it's so if we have already touched on this but I think it's dangerous it's a dangerous headspace to be like oh I wanted to kill you know like if if it's a wrong yeah, mentality it's the wrong mentality it's not gonna you work. can't be that you person it's not it's yeah, gonna you lower just, your ability to be a quality player if you think like that and especially like Josh has talked about like if he was he just killed two guys he's owning, and he's about to take out the third guy. And he's like, man, if I just push it to the limit here, I may get a triple. Push it to the limit. He's like, if I limit! just push it, I may get a triple kill, and this is going to be badass. But what Josh needs to do is recognize Brian's right there at full health, yep. and he's already got two kills. Back up, give up the triple kill, and let Brian. Like, this guy's got one or two hits, and he's dead. Yeah. Let Brian. Brian's at full health. Yep. Let Brian get it. It's not a matter like you don't need to prove yourself. Don't get yeah, greedy. Don't get greedy. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's uh, that's the thing is like when you whenever you hear and we're all I'm sure we've all been guilty of it at one point or another. But whenever you hear somebody go like, "Oh, that was my kill," like if you're working, if you're playing competitively in a team fashion, you shouldn't ever think that way because no, and it, it definitely that's going to take us into our next uh, topic actually, which is being goal oriented. You know, this is things like you know uh, could be as simple as you know trying to make a plan to push a specific power weapon at the beginning of the match um, or a part of the map, you know, to control it, like, you know, BR tower and lockout or something like that. Like that stuff helps. It helps a lot. Like when I'm for me personally, and th- and I want you after I, I say this, Brian, I want to, I want to get your, your kind of headspace with this. When I'm going into a match, like when I'm in the lobby and it's like loading up and doing all that stuff for me personally, <laughs> Brian can tell you, <laughs> Brian can tell you, I'm already thinking, if for like Halo Five, do I got my assist medal or do I got my medal? Like, do I got one of those things attached? I can't think of what it's called right now, but uh, I'm I'm my headspace is that 
I want to win. Once I see the map, if it's like Plaza, I'm like, I literally will tell everyone, okay, I'm going to push for, let's push for Overshield. Like, let's be goal-oriented. Goal orient, goal and, and it usually kicks it off, you know, is the result. It kicks it off in a really good way. It usually gives us a good start. Uh, but overall, just being goal-oriented and, and trying to realize before going into a match what type of, what is your, like, what are you trying to do mm-hmm. today when you get on Halo? Like, what is your what is your what is your point? Maybe it's just to have fun, right? Maybe it's you want to win matches. Maybe it's you want to level up. Maybe it's you want to get better at strafing or or you know BRing one on one. Like, you might have some kind of like goal, but try to have that. You know, if you don't, like, just ask yourself like, why am I getting on and going into a multiplayer lobby right now? And I think that really can change the dynamic of how you are going to yeah. play. But Brian, how well, are you? I had I actually have a this isn't like a pre-rehearsed question or anything. I have a genuine question for Josh as someone who doesn't really know what the proper thing to do is. So let's say we're playing, um, let's say we're playing sh- uh, Shrine, and there's the energy sword okay. in the center of the map. Let's say you say you're going to push for energy sword or whatever, and you die. What is more benef? I don't know the answer. What is more beneficial to the team if I run in there, grab the energy sword? and then die with it or if i just let the other team have it what's more beneficial you're are you saying though in that situation i love this question by the way but are you saying that's in a situation where they're like they're right close to it or are they pretty far away i mean they're because that can sometimes kind of making it definitive that if i grab the energy sword maybe i get away like i grab it from where it's at and i run back towards our base a bit i think i die yeah is it more beneficial to let them have it yeah i think it is because if you see like me go in there and i die it's not worth it. You can if you go in there, if you go in there and then you die, then that's going to be a two huge deaths, and then they that's get two the kills right there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also on the flip side, if let's say you and Justin are right there and you see me die and you both are together, you know that some guy is right there and he's close and he's going to want to yeah. grab the energy sword. So wait and pick him off. Two of you together firing a weapon yeah. at him, whether it's a pistol, about it doesn't matter. You guys are going to be able to drain him his shield so quickly and take him out. Like use that opportunity. To shift the momentum back by like just baiting somebody. Yeah, so it's yeah. always it's always that's that's how like I a power a, yeah. obtaining a power warp weapon. A lot of times it's not. It might be like you don't want to die at all. It might be worth a death, but it's not worth two or three. Like just let let them have it. Probably right. It's more yeah. where you're at. Yeah, you do have to you do have to learn when to submit. Yeah, sometimes and it, it's tough, but it, it helps clear your mind. You're gonna feel better mentally during the match that you did it. Like there's so many times we've had that happen. Like on Empire and you're trying to get I know it's gone through different um changes, but I think you know it's sometimes have the uh, rocket outside, I think it was. Uh and, and there'd be times we one of us would die or two of us would die and it's like at that point you just wanna stubbornly get one kill out of that so you feel like I got something, we, we got something out of this, but like just submit, you're gonna be happy and just retreat. The fact that you still have your life yeah, they have the Rockets. Now comes the point of, okay, they won this little victory. They won this little skirmish. How are we going to combat this yeah. back to turn the tide? Yeah. You know, I think it makes it all the more harder when you just kind of stubbornly refuse exactly. to submit. Exactly, and I think to more answer your question about, like, what my headspace is when I – if we're playing competitively, if mm-hmm. if we're, like, sticking together as a team, well, then it's obvious I just stick with the team. But, like, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but I'm more if I'm trying to be competitive – and our team hasn't decided that we're going to go a certain direction or something, I'm more likely to pick an, not camp, but to pick an area of the map and kind of hang out there. 
Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even saying that's a good thing. Like you may say, like Josh might say like, that's an awful thing. But if I'm just like making my own decision and trying to be competitive or not die, I'll like, if I'm on like shrine or something, I'll pick like the sniper spot area where the sniper spawns and I'll kind of hang out Mm -hmm. in that room and the bridge. Like I'll go out on the bridge to snipe, but I'll also be where I can easily get back in the room where I have some cover. Well, I think, no, that's definitely good to do sometimes because if you on that, uh, that same map, if you have, let's say me trying to push and hold the, the middle area, you know, where rockets is and stuff like that. And maybe I got another player or two around me. If you're watching that, you're watching them, you know, you can help out by keeping an eye on that other side to see if people are trying to come in and enter or if they're spawning on the opposite side. You have to be on your toes if you're going to stay in that position because you're opening yourself yeah. up, you know, to, to being shot at. But like that can definitely work if you're if you're part of a team that's trying to hold down a specific area and you're you're just deciding I'm going to hunger down here and try to really yeah. like. Because, like, like, hey, we're gonna hold this base, but I'm gonna go over off to this side and try to like watch. Yeah, here because I feel that's like for me, great. if I'm not holding a, sp- if I'm not, if me and the team, if if I'm not running around with the team in conjunction, and I'm not trying to go out into the dead zone, I have two options left for me as a player. I usually, I'm either gonna run around the map in circles just looking for someone until I find someone, or I'm gonna pick a spot and kind of hunker down there. And for me personally. I feel like I do better with the hunkering down than just running around the map waiting to get into an encounter, you know, because I'm I'm not the, oh, I'm not the absolutely. best. So yeah, yeah, it absolutely absolutely. I mean, it, and there's there's uh, times too, like if we're playing CTF, where I know as a player, I mean, it 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 does help to know the type of people you're playing with, you know, because everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, right? And and how can you use them as a way to sort of strengthen yeah. your team? And, and maybe fill in some of your weaknesses and, and complement all that. Well, like Brian is someone who, when we play objective, I know Brian's going to just push for that stuff. Like even if it's King of the Hill, Brian's going to want to throw himself just in there. And how does that help me? Well, I then shift perspective of how I might have been going about it before. And instead, since I know Brian's going to do that, I know to treat it a bit like Team Slayer. You hear a lot of people online all the time. It's something that frustrates me. People will say... They'll get upset at people for not playing the objective. And I know it's a bit of a gray area, but I, I argue against that because it's like if you have someone you know at least who's going to be pushing the objective in an objective match, try to treat it like Team Slayer so that way you're making it easier for that player to do that very thing. Provide cover fire. It's a So, yeah, if I'm thing. running for the flag constantly, all I want to do is get the flag. I like that Josh and Justin are both trying to kill everyone around me so that I can run without an issue, you know, like not, and, and a lot of times a good majority of people, they want to play it like it's team slayer. And if you have somebody who's dedicated and good at getting the flag, then just have those people put on their best team slayer game and clear the path for you, you know? So, yeah, exactly. No. And I, I love stuff like that. Uh, the next one is don't chase. We already kind of talked about this, but uh, from my perspective, maintaining in an advantageous position is a lot better than gaining one kill in the long run. You know, like if you're in a situation where you are killing somebody fighting the one-on-one area, you got their shields completely down and they turn around this corner and retreat. And you know, if you can just make it around that corner in time and shoot them because your shields are fully up, you're going to get a kill. Boom. Easy. But then you turn around and suddenly his buddy's charging in. Like maybe Brian's coming in to back me up because they were super sticking together and bam, you're dead. You know, there's so many times. One of the oh, most embarrassing things, dude, and I've, I've done it so many times, is where 
you completely got this guy. Like he is about to die. You are like full health and you start chasing him. And he manages to run you on a wild goose chase that seems like it seems like it's gone on for a minute. Maybe it's only been 23 mm-hmm. seconds, but it seems like a minute. And he manages to run you around so much and you can't give it up that he eventually kills you. And you're like, wow, I just chased this dude for freaking 30 seconds a minute and he ended up killing me. Like, why? I should. I know I had to jump on him and it looked promising, but I should have just quit and stayed a while ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Yeah. we And we're all guilty of that, you know, but it, man, like it, for me, it, hey, it feels great when I have a player chasing me. And I managed to make it back to a base where my teammates are at, you know, and then I'm, I'm letting them know. I'm telling Brian, like, dude, he's chasing me. He's right behind me. He's right behind me. And then Brian comes rolling in like damn ass Superman and just spears the I guy. Think we, it's it's if, a great from my perspective. I think a lot of times we don't believe what we know to be true. Like, like when I first started playing Halo, even as a kid, like I knew that it was better to not chase. I knew that it was better to work with teammates. I knew that it was better to say, hey, back me up. But I never said those things because in, in reality, it's kind of like, it's almost kind of takes you back to the whole Leroy Jenkins thing. It's like, well, that is good, but maybe I'll just like push this. a little harder and maybe I'll get a really cool kill. Yeah, maybe you will, but usually you don't. Like, if if I say, like, there's been so many times where I'm like, all right, Josh, I'm running up this ramp. This guy's right behind me. This guy's right behind me. And I get up the ramp. I'm almost dead. And I get right around the corner and Josh takes him out. And then I live. Like, that's a whole life like that's a whole it's a whole kill that the other team doesn't have because i did that you know like believe what you've heard you know the whole time you've been playing halo like these things really do actually help you know and ultimately you can take this whole episode and not listen to any of it if you if your if your goal is to just you know goof like speak speaking from myself if your whole goal is to constantly goof off then i guess you don't really need any of this you know, but <laughs> what we're trying to say is even someone like me who does goof off a lot when I when I do want to get in the competitive space, which happens 20, 25 percent of the time, this is how to do that. And also understand the people you're playing with, because, you know, I, like I'm saying, yeah, even if, well, even if you're uh, a casual player, I mean, I like to think these are little things you can do to just kind of sharpen the edges. Yeah, a lot of times, even if you're I guess I guess Something- I'm kind of going too extreme because a lot of times if you're a casual player. You still prefer not to die. You still prefer to get kills. So this still is, you know, helpful in that way. But yeah, like if, if I know Brian's, if, if we're going into a match and I know you're just, you're just, you're not focused. You know, you're just wanting to play with us and stuff like that. You know, I'd still want you to not chase a teammate, just to bear that in mind yeah. at least. Even if you're talking about a movie the entire time, you still know, you know it's like, not a good thing. Yeah. Right, and, and it sucks. It's frustrating. It's embarrassing. It's shameful. Like I've been in that situation so many times, and I'll go back and watch it in saved films, and I'm like. Yeah, I might not have known that his teammate was around that corner, but like I should have foresaw. That's another thing. I don't know if you have this in your notes at all, but this is a good thing to touch on too. Like, now it's going to depend on your situation, but don't feel shamed or embarrassed if your teammate says like, "No, Brian, don't go out there," or "Or Brian, back up," or "Brian, you know." Yeah, you tend to feel insulted a little bit when that's when that. Now it depends because you there's very strong possibility you're playing you get a friend that's just a complete asshole and he's trying to literally be like play vicariously through you and be in charge of you. If that's the case, who wants to play with that kind of person? I sure don't. But if so, if he's like Brian, don't go don't go in that room. There's three dudes in there with rocket launchers. Okay, you know I was about to go in there, but like. It's probably smart I don't, and he was just telling me, like, don't get, uh, you know, I think especially when you're a more competitive player, 
Uh, and that's why it's so good that we have me and Josh in this discussion because Josh is more competitive. I'm not. If you're a really competitive player and your teammates like telling you not to do something, it's really easy to get like, no, man, I'm going to do it and I'm going to succeed. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're feeling frustrated. And that's, yeah. again, where the mentality like affects us a lot because you can easily just get so frustrated that you, you're like, screw this team dynamic, screw the communication. I'm not having fun. I'm just going to shoot and until i and, tr- and truth be told like if you completely blow off your teammates and manage to pull off one of them leroy jenkins moments and team wins yeah you won but your team's still thinking like that was kind of bullshit you know like they're still they're still thinking like you completely blew everything <laughs> it throws off yeah the you, blew, you, you blew us off and i know you happen to win this one time but that's not gonna happen every time and like it's still kind of shitty to your to your teammates you know so yeah i can't remember if i if i have this anywhere in my notes but i think Feeling the sense of sticking together as a team, the the sort of chemistry and the euphoria you get from having the a Halo victory in a close match, yes, it, it is such a high that I, I just don't get from anything else. And that's why I like being a competitive player because for me personally, when I'm with Brian, Justin, and Creighton and we're playing and we're just firing off on all cylinders together, all communicating, I'm like, man, I'm just I, as wholesome as it sounds. I'm thinking about how much I love playing with these guys, how much fun I'm having playing with these guys. And like, wow, it's like not only does our friendship just, you know, we have great friendship all with one another. But like this is it's being uh, reflected in the way we're playing and and we're benefiting from it. And I know not everyone has that. I totally understand. And that's why, you know, hopefully some of these things like shadowing might help, you know. But for me, the high I get from having stuck together with my team and and even submitted myself and, and, and been um complimentary and, and and been expressive of that like when brian gets way more kills you know or something like that i don't care like it's i'm happy for brian i think that's awesome i'm like dude you're part of my team and i'm not going to be frustrated that you did better than me like what that goes back to the whole there's no i in team, and then josh is, but know, then josh like shouldn't. but nine times out of ten i do better so i can live with this one time no i'm just kidding he doesn't say that <laughs> but it's funny it's true though <laughs> Uh, but no, it, yeah, it definitely definitely helps to not chase. But uh, moving on, knowing when to which retreat, that is uh, pretty much more or less kind the same thing. Already, yeah. But uh, yeah, the mentality about that for me personally is that winning a war is better than winning a battle. So it helps to, like if you're going into a situation where someone's weak, you know, maybe you're chasing someone and you know that his teammates have been at that base, you know, that he's running to, like maybe you're chasing a dude back on, Oh, I don't know. Uh, let's just say lockout. Let's just say lockout again because it's a very small map. Like knowing that you're going to be putting yourself, you're, you're going to be opening yourself up to potentially getting completely wrecked by chasing this guy, right? So if he's getting too far away or he's rounding a corner, knowing when to retreat, or even when your shields are down, knowing when to retreat, it can can mean all the difference so much. Seriously, and I'll tell you personally for me, and, and I'm going to let Brian kind of offer his his opinion, but like. When I'm in a position where I'm getting overwhelmed and I'm able to retreat, like God bless the thrust in Halo 5, but when I'm retreating and I manage to like live, my shields go back up. It like for me personally, seriously, like I really get a moment of like inhale, exhale, where I'm like, okay, whew, I calm down a little bit and like reassess the situation on the fly. It doesn't always mean that like I'm going to turn the corner and live and kill everybody. Like I might get com- completely wrecked and it was just delaying the inevitable, but. Like, you're still giving yourself that chance now that you didn't have when your shields were down, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it just comes down to people in general. And when I say people in general, I mean literally every person on this planet, including me and Josh. 
you know, we have a ten, tenden- tendency to look in, look inward and be selfish, and that applies to Halo multiplayer just like it does everything else. Um, you know, if I if if I am like running towards an area and I know that, like Josh said, there's a this guy's a bunch of has a bunch of teammates there, like mm-hmm. turning around and running away from a team, like sprinting away as fast as I can to get away from them. You know, somebody might say, like, especially if you had like let's say you're in a land party, someone like, you're a coward, you know, or like, oh, I see you running away. Like, no, don't let that get to you. That's smart. Like, if you were going to have to take on three guys in one small room, you know, you're probably not, you're probably just going to die immediately. It's verbal bait. Pointless endeavor. It's a lot smarter to run away, regroup, get in a better position, and then take them out. I mean, they're going to have to, it's just like uh, Josh's example with Justin, like, oh, I'm going to run up there in Gears of War. He just runs up there and gets blown up. Like, (laughs) <laughs> somebody has to make a move, you know, if you're both on opposite sides. Like, somebody has to make a move. And there's ways in which to make smart moves or coordinated moves. But just running straight up there and hoping for the best, you know, it's better to just the Leroy Jenkins stay moment. back. I know we've said so this so many times this, 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 at this moment, but it's just... No, but that's I mean, a, you guys, a great for thing. For all you guys ever watch Game of Thrones, uh, you know, that there's that uh, battle with uh, the Battle of the Bastards where... Um, Ramsey sends Jon Snow's little brother out into the field and tells him to run forward. And it's like two battles are on, or two, two armies are on opposing sides. And Ramsey, he gets, he, he, he gets Jon Snow to Leroy Jenkins it. He throws his brother out there and then Jon Snow just guns it and runs all the way out in the middle of the field. Yeah, he he baited him. him. And then there you go. Now the, now the battle's starting and Jon Snow's all the way out in the middle and it's just like, it put him in a bad position. He took the bait. Like, don't take the bait. It never, it's never a smart thing. So, No, definitely not. Uh, that, that's a great example, actually. Really, really like that. Because that happens a yeah. lot. That's happened a lot. It's a strategy, me, honestly. It's a strategy in- to get people in a head, you, to try to get people in a headspace to make that mistake. That's a strategy in itself. Right. So. And I, dude, I've been in the position so many times of falling for that in objective types, like with with oddball and stuff like that. I, I I played against players who would literally have them holding the ball and they'll peek out and stuff like that to try to draw me in. Because for me, it's it's almost mentally like, oh, yeah. there he is, there he is. You know, I can get him. And then and then I start coming in there, and, and then boom, exactly. these guys come in from the sides, and they just, you know, they I didn't see them crouching in there. You know, I thought he was all alone. Well, it's, I gotta. It's hard in those moments to kind of make these decisions and 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 stuff like that. But. Um, Saved films are a great example of why uh, what we can benefit from learning from our mistakes, you know. So uh, another thing is obviously communication. This kind of goes without saying. I was someone who personally didn't really do that stuff. Like I don't get me wrong. I played, you know, I played all the you know the Halo multiplayer's in the past. I played like Gears and stuff like that and some other games. But like I never really came uh, from a point of communicating in a sense of winning. I just didn't grasp it. I couldn't get my brain behind it. I, when I heard other people doing it, I would use the saying "try hard," which I hate mm-hmm. because it's just people uh, more people are getting annoyed at people like trying. Well, I think to play there was I think there was and, a time, if we're being honest, like when Halo first came out, um, video games weren't as mainstream then, and it just it just there was this fa- um, not the fatigue. What's the word I'm looking for? There was a stigma of if you're hollering out like I'm in blue base or. Uh, you know, uh, assault rifle on your six. If you're if you're yelling out things like that, there was this sense of like, you try hard. You know, nerd. You're, playing, you're taking it way too seriously, yeah, it's man. Like, no, like, 
that makes sense. And now you look at now nowadays, you know, uh, not only is gaming super mainstream, but like competitive esports are literally bringing in millions of dollars. So, no, it is not uh, silly to do that. Like call out stuff, you know. Yeah, I'll give you guys a good example of the cause and effect with this stuff. One being that one time we were playing on uh, is it is it Eden the remake, the remake of, of Empire map, uh, remix of Empire. Yeah, yeah, okay. So we're playing on Eden this one time, all four of us and. I've got us grouped together, and all we're doing is we're running around the, the sort of outer part of the map. We're not going in, you know, sort of. We're just literally doing circles, doing laps. And there's this point where a, about a minute in time passes, and we cannot find the other team. And we're like, dude, what the heck is going on? And it hits me personally, and I'm like, they're behind us. Like, they've been chasing us, you know, the entire time. We're, we're at this sort of gridlock because we've both been having the same mentality. We turned around, and we were able to take out the team. Now, that was because, uh, you know, I was communicating because and through that communication, everyone decided to work together and, and follow that. And, and again, that's hard. But had we not done that, we might have all been split off. And that whole team that was sticking together as well would have taken us apart because four players are going to beat you down if you're just one player. And like, you got to have a rocket launcher or something. And overshell just ain't going to cut it. You know, this is... Stuff ain't going to cut it. So there's an interesting cause and effect that comes out of the communication, I think. And I've kind of learned that through playing Halo 5. And, and it's something that developed organically. Like, Brian will tell you, dude, like, we, we we had this night where we played the beta. And we'll talk about that a lot on the show, I know. But we didn't... When the Halo 5 beta came out, we had this particular night where we didn't necessarily have a plan of, of communicating and doing all this stuff. We just all were going to play together, right? That was the plan. And... As we're playing, I know competitively I'm, I'm starting to do this stuff. I'm starting to pick up on that. I, I was I saw how the game was being promoted and you know when they had the reveal and I was like, ooh, I want to try to utilize some of this. So I'm going in with that approach. They picked up on that. They followed it. They did it too. And we all just fell into this chemistry. And we played for like, I want to say probably a good like five hours straight. Yeah. Maybe. And to like, be fair, Halo 5 and 8-ly, the game was built to encourage that. Like the... You just, right. Not every game. Yeah, has just that. playing Halo Five. Just the the mechanics, the the design, the way that you know the like I said the Spartan the Spartans shouting out like where they're at. It's just it, it it funnels you. It's almost like the game is funneling you into this squad mentality. So um, it was just very. That's something that Halo Five just did extraordinarily. And I know there's 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 talk of. You know, some people only want to play classic Halo multiplayer, completely fair, valid opinion. But for me and Josh, Halo 5's multiplayer just hit on all the right notes. Yeah, it gave us a high that we didn't get with the others. Like, I can still say, like, I love playing Halo 2's multiplayer 3's and all those. 4's still fun in its own way. Like, they're all still fun. But I get the most, the biggest highs out of playing Halo 5's because it makes me want to communicate. And if if Infinite goes back to a very classic multiplayer... We're gonna we're gonna enjoy that. We're gonna have a great time with that. But there's also gonna be times where we're like, you know what? Let's play Halo Five multiplayer. You know, it's like, and we and we've <laughs> talked about that, that before happen, yeah. on a previous podcast. Like every Halo game, there's always a point after a new Halo game comes out where you say to yourself, "I want to go play the old one again for whatever reason." Mm-hmm. So having right. Five there is, and I kind of think, and I'm not, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna take this back to you, Josh, so I don't get too far off topic. But I I'm think, for it, man. I, I think it, if man. Halo Infinite did do classic multiplayer and like didn't have sprint and things like that. I would like to think that that uh, 343 would very much market Halo 5 and try to position Halo 5 as this still very active, sweaty, competitive shooter 
that they still want to support. Obviously, it's not going to get support in the way that it has been while it's the newest Halo. But I feel like if they went back to Classic with Infinite, they would recognize that 5 did something very right, even if it's different, and it still would support that game, you know? I still think, unfortunately, you'll have those players out there who, even if Infinite's multiplayer is an evolution of 5's, will still prefer 5 and whatever it yeah, did. Yeah, of course. And go back and course, play that, yeah. you know? And that happens with any game, but... But yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's hard to say. Sure. Like, I mean, it's hard. I, to, it's got to be another reason it's so hard to be in three four three's position because um, you hear you hear a lot of people saying they don't like Sprint. You hear a lot of people saying they want classic multiplayer, but you hear a lot of people saying Halo Five is the best multiplayer ever. And if you look at the most played games on Xbox, like the chart, Halo Five's been up there. I'm not saying it's like top two, three, or anything. But it's been up there consistently since Halo 5 came out. There is a real audience for that. The multiplayer is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 you tell me if you disagree, but I think you're going to agree with me. But, like, I know a lot of this really depends on the people you have to play with. Like I said, I think Halo 5, the highs you get from that are going to be so much more fun if you have friends that you know to play with. Even if it's just one more friend. But then, you know, it's not. it's going to be much more unenjoyable if you don't then you would playing by yourself in yeah well somebody said this on the twitter recently and i think they're completely right they were like i I, even though i don't mind this as much as but they said they hate how halo 5 is so inherently designed about with a competitive nature and i think that's fair Mm -hmm. it is it is so like halo 3 to me was a game that really struck a great balance of you can take this seriously and be competitive, but it's so easy to play that game and feel like you're having fun and just kicking back. Where Halo 5, Halo 5, it really, you know, if I'm going to be critical of Halo 5's multiplayer, it really does not encourage kicking back and chillaxing. No, it's it's very one-sided in that, and, and if you don't like it... That's fair. Yeah, you got to go back and play the other games, you know, to have fun. And, and that sucks in a sense, but for me personally, like objectively, I'm like, I'm glad they, they chose at least a path. Bungie's like, you know... Halo 2, no, I don't think anybody expected when this, before Halo 2 was about to come out, that it was going to get the sort of online appeal that it did, and, and we'd get all Not this Not to mention that, that it was, like, no one Halo knew. 2's multiplayer was, like, screwed up. It was, like, the first patch that fixed it, you know? Right. But, I mean, they even went into that still designing for it to be yeah. fun. Like, Bungie always yeah. had that approach. It was supposed to be fun, not competitive, and if people were became competitive out of it, which is what happened awesome then for them that for them that meant like it was a success yeah. right because people were having fun yep. and getting getting really into it but like halo 3 was definitely a good balance of that i think about playing valhalla and how colorful and pretty that map is and how like dude i could just kick back and have a good time i'll still always want to push for the spartan laser on there i'm always going to want to push for it and control that middle area but like i don't i just i just have fun it's just a fun map to navigate yeah around. i think i think there's just so, i think it was yeah, uh that's true you know and we we hope we're we're getting into a stage of 343's tenure with Halo where they feel much more confident in the direction they're taking. But it definitely seemed like early on, and this isn't a criticism against them because I think anybody taking over, any new developer taking over one of the most massive franchises ever is going to uh, have this issue. But I think there was a lot of over a lot of overcompensating and overreacting um, to things uh, early on in, in, in 343's tenure with Halo. Um, you know, with... Uh, with Halo 4, it seems like they very much looked at Reach's multiplayer with the armor abilities and the sprint and everything, and they said, "Let's let's build on that. You know, let's build, let's make sprint inherent. Let's let's uh, let's add in like um, ordnance drops because that's something like Call of Duty kind of has. Let's add in, 
you know, you seem to be loadouts. Like, so it's like, let's already take what Reach was doing and let's build upon it. Okay, they did that. Then people are like, whoa, this is like too much of like a, a mix here. This, this is not really competitive. You know, this is missing the core principles of Halo's multiplayer. So then they kind of overreacted and they went extreme competitive with Halo 5. Like Halo 5, it kicks ass at being a competitive shooter. But it is so extreme yes. to the competitive it's very that it's sweaty. not. It really didn't leave much room for that fun, you know, that uh, a lot of people talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to go, if you want that, yeah, you're going to have to go find it in, like, Forge custom yeah. games and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and I get that. And, I mean, while we're on the subject, like, if Halo Infinite kind of dials some of that back, that's fine with me. I feel like Halo 5's multiplayer was successful enough that we could expect there to be a lot taken mm-hmm. from that forward, yeah. you know, but maybe not all of it's going to be there. And that's fine. But, like, I still... I still love, like, I've learned so much through playing Halo 5's multiplayer that I will continue to take forward into whatever Halo Infinite is, and I will try to utilize in a way that uh, is useful for us, uh, for my team, myself as a player, and and then also try to to grasp how that multiplayer is built and and see how I can benefit from sort of having these mental approaches. Because, like, you can be a good player, you can be the fastest, you know, shot with a battle rifle, you know, you you can be great at getting to the base and capturing a flag, but, like, Having a good headspace is really going to help change. You know, it's that 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 yeah. little edge it's going to give you. And and like another thing is, and I kind of mentioned this before, is inhaling and exhaling. And for me personally, you know, there's those moments I think we've all experienced where you die. Maybe you chase somebody, and you got killed, and you're frustrated. You're going to spend those next four seconds, five seconds, whatever the spawn timer is, sitting there frustrated, right? Or maybe you're disappointed in yourself. You're just feeling negative emotions, right? Meanwhile, you know your team is running around. Well, what if you're in the situation where the match is super close? It's like 49-49. And you just gave them that 49th kill. Now it's tied. And now you have to wait. And you can't help your team. And you're just like, you're, you're jiggling your leg. You know, you just, you're just you waiting to get back there. Like, having those moments of where you can just inhale and exhale as hard as it is gives you a chance to just reflect. And I think the most important thing as a player, like something I'll do for myself is ask myself, what could I have done better? Mm-hmm. Because I, I have to recognize that the fault was on me. Well, I think for, I think for me, know. just recognizing that I'm tense, because you're saying inhale, exhale. Yeah. I think another way to put that too. I'm not yeah. saying, yeah, you necessarily yeah. I think another, have to do Another that. way to put it is like, reflection. once you take, like let's say you're dying, you die or something like Josh said in your respawn timer. Once you take a step back mentally and realize, oh, wait a minute. My shoulders are, I'm really tense right now because I'm like, I'll match up it. Okay. <laughs> I like, do that. Okay, just realize for a moment. I lean yeah, I realize for a moment here that I'm super tense. I'm not even like, my bones aren't even moving. Like, okay. All right. This is, I'm playing this game. Let's get, let's get out of it. Let's, let's take a step back. All right. Let's reassess. Let's go back in. And I think something else I want to mention that is kind of on what you're talking about is that, um, like all things in life, you know, when you go to the op, when you go to the complete extreme of something, it's 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 usually ridiculous. You never want to go to the complete extreme. I think a lot of us growing the complete extreme sounds pretty dope. I feel like sounds like a nerd gun uh, commercial. Sounds like it's on MTV or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. I think growing up, if you're anywhere around our age group or even within you know five ten years of it, I think growing up there was a mentality that. If you get frustrated while playing a game, if you get angry or upset that you're dying or losing, that you have some kind of problem or that you're uh, you're immature. Um, no, I think, and that, that's why I said there's two extremes. Because yeah, there's obviously an extreme where you are 
throwing your controller through the TV screen and breaking it or telling someone that they need to die, you know, like, or like, and being, I'm not yeah. talking about like the joke where like, I'm gonna kill you, bro. I'm talking about like where someone's angry, like, I, you need to die. You know, I hate you or whatever. Like, there's yeah. ex- two extremes. So, on one hand, if you're, if you're at the point where you're like throwing a controller through your TV screen, probably best you take a break from the game because you're not, that is not a good headspace. But you went too you hard, went too bro. Hard. <laughs> don't feel bad. Because, like, this is what I do sometimes. I don't know if Josh is ever like this, but if I start to get frustrated that I'm dying and I start to feel angry or upset that I'm dying, then sometimes I'll say to myself, man, Brian, you're you're actually upset right now about losing in a video game? Wow, you're pathetic. Like, I'll say that to myself. And then you get to re- – but you get to realize, like, you shouldn't feel bad about that because I know it's not – we're not out on a football field playing football or on a basketball court, but you are doing something competitive. You are – exercising your skill and trying to win just like in any other game it's fair and logical and normal to be angry or upset or feel frustrated just because it's a video game doesn't mean that you're immature or anything like that's normal just you know manage that manage that it's okay to be angry but not to the extreme I would definitely, like in that situation, uh, for example, I would definitely say not to even call yourself, you know, pathetic in that moment when you feel that. Because like, yeah, it's normal. It's good to be self-aware. It's good to be self-aware, but you like, you just have to accept like, if you're, if you're going in and you're playing this competitively, or if you're a casual player who like does have those moments where you're like, if the match is close or something, you, you get invested. Like, you have to just accept that that stuff can happen. And, and, and rather, instead of trying to like make sure, ensure that doesn't happen, accept it's gonna and find out a way to navigate yeah. that. So as it's going to be better for you mentally, for your, your mental health uh, as a person. Yeah, and a if player. anybody chastised and you I, for, for being angry, like I said, as long as you're being reasonably angry, not something crazy. Somebody chastised you, like, dude, it's just a game. Like, uh, if, if, you, if you read the room and you can tell people are trying, you know, to be competitive or trying to win, like, the fact that you're not is frustrating. I mean, it's okay. It's acceptable. So Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and just before we move on, uh, something I think that goes that, that plays a part of this is sort of a, a fear of missing out feeling, you know, of emotion that can happen when you're like respawning. And that's why sometimes oh, like true. you'll see a lot of people in Halo 5, like when they respawn, they just immediately start sprinting. I like sprints there, but that doesn't mean we have to use it. And I, I mean, it doesn't have to just be sprint either. It can be it, Halo 2 where has, you just run right. forward immediately. Yeah, absolutely. You don't, you know, you don't want to throw your, yes, I appreciate you saying that you don't have to always utilize what's there or just charge willy nilly. Like that's your moment. That's not your moment to sit there and be frustrated at yourself and cut yourself down or get mad at the other team and want to send them a hate message. That's your time to reassess. Or, you or know? I'll say too, like, do what you want to interrupt you, Josh. Sure. I'm like, if you're, if you die no, and you come back and the, it's 49 to 49, and a, there's a fight. There's a, a, a fight happening out somewhere in the middle of the map. You know, you don't need to rush to the middle and be the guy that dies and loses. No. Like, if, if there's, if no, there's no, no. literally seconds left in the match and you just respawn, I'm not saying to stay, sit there and do nothing. But I mean, you I mean use your own judgment. But like, chance, chances are careful. you're probably not going to be the one to get the final kill, and you definitely don't want to be the one to die. So just hang back. Be mindful because in that moment, yeah, in that moment, like for me personally, if I'm one of the top players on the team and I'm missing out on that moment, is that frustrating for me? Like, yeah, because I want to be there to help out my team. I feel that sort of responsibility, but I have to trust. I have to place trust in in my teammates that 
They're going to try to make the best decisions they can to help win because I know they're invested too, if they are. And if they're not, hey, not a big deal. It's cool. We'll move on to the next match. What can we learn from this match? How can we apply that so as to do better in the next? You know, it, it, it's it's all about those little quick decisions you have to make in those moments. And and dying sucks, but you can look at that as have being a silver lining and, and try to use it as an opportunity to figure out how to maybe yeah. do better, what you could have done better. And learn from it in the moment, not just learning afterward in saved films um but uh which uh, i'm dude i'm loving this it takes us into something else forgiveness and like this for me is probably the biggest thing for me that helped me get to be a better player is i had to learn in those moments like that to stop being so hard on myself like stop getting mad at myself that i made a stupid decision yeah, I did, but like, I'm not ever going to play perfect. Mm-hmm. No player is perfect, and you're going to make mistakes. And you can refine that yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? You can make, you can cook a pie, and it's going to look photogenic as heck. But you're not ever going to just be able to get the, all the crusts completely like angle, you know, angular and perfect and everything like that. Like you just, there's always going to be some aspect of your game that's not perfect. But you have to to to, to try your best to not be so hard on yourself. But also, more importantly not get so upset at other players. And I say this because I'm someone who has had that issue in the past where like, if you're playing halo two and you got some dude out there that is double shotting like crazy and he's just sitting in a tower and you can't, you feel like you can't go anywhere. Is it frustrating? Hell yeah. It's super this frustrating, is, but like, and this, go ahead. Not, this does not at all. I'm not all trying to be a saint here, but because of my lack of competitive nature, this is something I actually can't relate to josh on at all i i uh i've never really had i've never really been upset at another player because i'm just like yeah i mean if somebody's like betraying our team like run around betraying us that'll piss me off oh, but like as far as yeah. like someone <laughs> no, i get that like just you know kicking ass or being up in a camping somewhere or something like that it doesn't really bother me but it's definitely a real thing for most all people playing competitively oh definitely and, and it, it helps like for me i had to learn i had to switch the narrative to like, why am I frustrated at this guy? Like, he's doing good. Like, why Why should I be, like, getting mad at him? Like, yeah, it sucks that I'm going yeah. against this guy, but, like, I'd rather... Now, personally, I'd rather play against someone who's really tough because that's how I'm going to get better, you know? And But it's also good to sort of forgive your teammates if you're someone who is competitive and you might find yourself getting frustrated at players. Like, let's say Brian, who isn't going to take it as seriously. Maybe Brian's going to go more negative in a, in a couple matches. I gotta like I don't now I I never really get frustrated at Brian but like if I'm getting in that situation I have to just like take a step back and think like Brian's not the same person as me I'm not the same person as him I can't expect him to be on my same wave wavelength like that's not fair and I can't expect him to have the same mentality any of that stuff that's just not right that's not fair now of course some of this would some of this would change if we were actually like on an MLG team then it becomes a matter of you know this is. We're on television. We're making sure, money. That, like that's that, that, yeah. just to, just to clarify, in case some people were thinking, like, yeah, in that situation, we're you know we're more or less doing an official something in an official capacity. There's more room for Josh to be like, yo, you gotta step it up, bro. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But yeah, no, it's it's just those little moments too can can really help. You know, like I've had moments where I get frustrated that a teammate didn't help me out and I died, and I'm like, dude, I'm thinking like you you were right there, like. Where's your self-awareness, bro? But I got to take that moment. I calm down. I think, stop getting upset at him. Like, he's just trying to play the game. That might be a kid playing the game for his first time. You know, like, 
don't put that on like even though you're not communicating that to that person you can't mentally put that on that yeah. person because that maybe they're not going to know that but that's going to shift your narrative mentally of how you're going to play uh and also takes us into the next slow down something like halo 5 just because the multiplayer is faster than ever doesn't mean you have to play fast mm-hmm. right i mean it's just like i said with sprint you know, it, it doesn't That's have, probably have, one of the reasons why people hate sprint so much is because you get so many people, it's like the second they spawn in, they start sprinting, they don't stop. I mean, some people, they, they literally don't stop. Even when they get to a, a person to shoot at, they'll just Spartan charge them and just then, then start shooting. Oh, I hate getting Spartan charged so much. People do that on me. That's the one thing that I, uh, I still get a bit uh, a bit upset about when that happens because I'm like, I will be shooting that dude and he's just coming straight at me. He's like, bro, I'm not stopping. I'm like, you better stop. He's like, bro, I'm not stopping. And he hits me and I'm just dead. Yep. I, he pancakes me. And I'm like, you know what? He deserved that. But like, I heard a wow, decent, I've heard a decent amount of people saying that's even like Halo 5 fans saying that's one they could do without in the next game. That's fair. That's fair. I, I love it being in there though because of that risk reward. But like, yeah, I get it. If they, they take it out, no sweat off my back. Like, that's not going to bother me. But yeah, I mean, that's an important thing, and I don't, I don't get the impression, or I don't, I've never really got the impression you kind of relate to that at all. Because like, if you're playing objective, Brian, right, you're gonna just, you're gonna gun it, you're gonna go yeah. straight for it. You might have a different way you navigate it, but like, you're not someone who plays super like. Well, I mean, fast like I can remember the first like time I ever played an online Halo CTF match was on Halo PC, the Halo Combat Evolved PC, yeah. and we do Blood Gulch, and everybody would like jump in Warthogs and drive to the other side and try to get the flag or whatever. I would walk all the way over to the side canyon, go through the little hidden caves, and just take my time. It sucks doing that. Just take my time. And I would, I mean, I would, almost every match I can remember, I'd be the only one. Our team would win, and all three flag captures would be me. Because everyone else is like, I want to shoot, I want to drive Warthogs, I want to get in the tank, I want to fly the Manchie. And I'm just like, slow walk all the way over, grab the flag. And then when I get the flag, everyone's driving around their Warthogs trying to find me, and I'm like... I'm just slow walking the canyon on the way back, you know. So <laughs> slow walking to the canyon. Slow walking, slow walking. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and and something like that, slowing down and and trying to sort of forgive, you know, the other players and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it like what was something for me that was a really good example of this outside of Halo was uh, I think for all of us we've been in a situation when we're driving and someone in front of us is driving. Oh yeah, so slow to and us, and you get so angry, right? and you're frustrated. <laughs> Okay. Well, here's something that just completely changed my perspective. I read that we're not, you know, even though we're upset with this person for going slow, what it actually is, is that we're upset that they have all the time in the world, seemingly. That's that's great. I I like the way that's put. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that really affected how I kind of looked at playing something like Halo 5 because... You know, if I'm the type of player that just is going to, you know, it, gun it fast and these, these other players can't keep up, like, maybe they don't have to play like that. Maybe they don't need to. You know, it just it changes the dynamic when you look at things like that. It really does. And the last topic before we potentially move into some other stuff, um, it's just, it, you know, we kind of already touched upon it before, but being a team player, doesn't matter whether it's Halo or not Halo, but it's just a lot more fun. And, you know, like Brian mentioned before, you know, with uh, sort of like KD and security and how that can, like, affect us but how assists can matter just as much i mean i've known people and and there's times i've had it myself too where you you do feel like you're not contributing as much to the team or even when you're dying and you feel like you 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 know maybe like maybe i'm dying a lot and i'm i might be thinking there might be thoughts in my head that like crap brian and them are probably thinking like what the heck josh you're usually like doing really good Like, like step it up you know and 
you have to kind of yeah. block that stuff out. It's tough, but you know, being a team player is just really, really fun. I have so much fun when I play with Brian. Every time I played with him, it's so much fun. Is it fun going against Brian? Heck yes. <laughs> it's fun going oh, against man. Brian. I remember going to a LAM party and and we it was him and Kyle, and they both were just like, they're like, Yeah, we're not as good at this stuff. We just love, but we still love Halo. And Creighton and I, Creighton's more like a He's like a semi-casual competitive. Like he kind of he kind of fits that middle ground. I feel like, but Creighton and I were more on the same page, and I would have so much fun killing Brian from afar. There was one time where him and Kyle were on this this ridge on coagulation, and I point at Creighton's screen, and I'm like, because he's around the same area, and I'm like, watch this, and I fired off my rocket. I like I led my shot and I fired it, and they died, and I could hear Brian and Kyle going, "Oh man, come on, come on," you know that stuff's funny, but like it's. But back to what I was saying about being a team player, like it is just so much fun, dude. I Brian was this is what was so cool for me, you guys. Brian is someone who is just always clearly just straight up. He'll he'll just tell you he's like, like I'm totally I'm totally good to play this. I'm just you know I'm not like gonna be as invested into it. So basically, Brian's like telling me like, hey, as long as you accept me for the kind of player I am, yeah. like I still want to have a good time and play. And when we went into that Halo Five beta night. I saw this wheel turn with Brian and like he didn't necessarily become uh, suddenly a competitive player, but he was playing competitively. And some of that was because I let Brian be the kind of player he wanted to be. He let me be the kind of player I wanted to be. And through all of that, our chemistry is just gelled. And we yeah, I think it's good to a good thing to kind of cap this off is to say that I am not a good Halo multiplayer player. I'm not good. But using being in the right headspace and using a lot of the mentalities that we've talked about in this episode has literally led me to being a really good player in a particular match. I mean, there, there's been matches where I've used most of, if not all, of the things we've talked about in this episode. And I have my team's won, and I'm the top player with 26 kills and, like, five deaths. I mean, which to me... That is incredible because, like, I usually get, like, you know, I, I usually go, I'd say I usually go positive, but maybe it's, like, one positive or breaking even. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me to go, like, 25, 26 and get, like, five deaths is, is amazing. And it's only when, and I, I'm, I'm innately not that good of a player, but it's only when I am able to take all of this stuff we've talked about, all, all these mentalities, and put myself in that headspace that I am able to achieve that. So... On one hand, I know it's easier for me to say as someone who's not competitive because I don't take it so personally. So, because so I know for people listening who are like really competitive, and you kind of low key know that you're not good at the game, but you don't want to admit it because it's you know it matters to you a lot. I know it's harder to be that kind of person because you're like, I, I want to be good. I want people to think I'm good. I want people to know I'm good, but you kind of know you're not. Well. I think, you know, and me and Josh aren't any, like, we're not MLG pros here, but, like, I think a lot of the things we've said no. with, like, having a good headspace really does apply to making yourself better. Um, even, yeah, whether it's in the game or even in the yeah, life, and, and, I mean. It, and that's the thing stuff, is, like. It helps a lot. You can't just, I know it's, it's easier it's easier said than done because you can't just have some of these things we've talked about. You can't just have them. You have to work towards obtaining them because if you go into the match saying, I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm going to I'm going to work with my team. I'm going to I'm going to let other people take take my kills if it if it suits best. You can say all those things, but you actually have to have that mentality in practice. So it might take time to get to that point where you actually play like that. At first you might be like, "Okay, I'm going to let 
I'm going to let somebody else have my kill because, you know, it's risky for me. And then in, and then you get in the game and in practice, you're like, no, 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 I, I got to get a kill. Yeah, the execution is definitely an acquired taste. It's something you have to, to learn. And like I said, some of these things, especially like shadowing, I'm still learning to do. It's useful when you're but not using at, them. Look like, at Josh as an example because like I'm kind of the bad example of like, well, Brian, you were never competitive to begin with, so it's easier for you to have that headspace. But Josh is the kind of person when he was younger – very frustrated if he sucked. Very frustrated if he died. Yes. And he has used some of his mentalities to get himself in a headspace now where he can play with somebody that and I feel like I almost feel like I'm a I feel like I'm a lot better now than I was when I met Josh, even though I'm not good. Damn. Because like, if you think about it if you think <laughs> about it, Josh, crazy, when you man. very first started playing Halo with me, I mostly just went negative all the time. But now I usually go at least positive or, or break even usually, even when I'm not trying. Yeah. So no, I would definitely so, agree um, with that. definitely. So for Josh to be able to initially play with someone who was garbage um, while he was good, I would well use that for word. him to play with someone who was really bad while he's good and he's competitive. That just goes to show that he's been able to get himself in that headspace, that that healthier headspace. So yeah, and I mean, tell me if you disagree, but. I like to feel like if I was someone competitive who tried to shove that down your throat, I wouldn't want to play with Josh. We yeah. probably and, and I and I would still I would me. still respect like if somebody came to me and was like, when I play Halo, I only like I like to win only, and I'm competitive, and I know you're not good, Brian, so I don't want to play with you. Now, obviously, that, the way I just said that sounds like a dick, but if someone's being nice <laughs> and saying, "Hey, I only play to win. I'm competitive. I don't really want to play with people who aren't good." That's fine. That doesn't hurt my feelings. You know, that's fine. But if Josh kept wanting to play with me for years, expecting me to be God tier and getting angry at me for not being, that's on him. That's not, that's, that's on him. That's me. not on me. Yeah. That's definitely yeah, wrong on me. Yeah. You know, and, and something we didn't, we, we mentioned a little bit is that it's hard to find, even if you have friends to play with, it's hard to find those people who will have that mindset. So I don't necessarily – a lot of this stuff is more so for you as a player so you can be that person for someone else because I want I, – I tend to be – you know, and again, Brian can tell me if, if I'm sounding vain because we have all this history and I know not everyone has seen all that yet. But I've more so been the leader of our groups when yeah. we play. And, you know, through that stuff – you know that's that's helped make Brian want to play more, where he might not have normally had it been a complete that's dick to cool him or berated him like, or something. I'm always the leader of organizing the events, but you're always the leader of the Spartan party. Like you're the leader of the multiplayer. That's yeah. usually how it works. So. <laughs> I appreciate that. It's cool that there's a like, lot. I'm of like, I'll provide the venue. I love it. I'll get the pizza. I'll get the soda, and then Josh, like, I'm gonna lead us to victory. <laughs> I'll take it from here. I just need a weapon. Yeah. uh... It's cool, and and I think I think being a team player overall is fun. And I've I've made, I've made some friends though over through that uh, having that mentality and perspective that I don't I wouldn't have normally necessarily have made. I mean, I knew, and this is kind of kind of kind of applies, but like someone like uh, our friend Kyle uh, that I didn't know for the longest time. Brian had had praised this guy up and down and everything, and I just sounded cool, but I didn't know him. Brian does a limb party. I go over there and I meet him. And there's a couple matches we play on the same team and stuff like that. And I know I'm playing competitively, but we're not really communicating in that sense. It's the first time I met the dude. I'm not going to try to thrust all these years of the way I go about things and Brian might come to expect on him. But through doing that, we still had a great time and we we were talking and we got to know one another. And you just, 
let players play the way they want to play, but like, don't be afraid to just necessarily tell people, you know, like I'll tell Brian sometimes from the outset, if it's Plaza, I'm like, Hey, I'm going for overshield. Let's go, you know, let's push for overshield. Are we good on that? You know? And I will tell other people like, yeah, I play competitively, but like, I don't mind if you guys don't, I don't care. Like I, I, I would love personally, my, my selfishly, I would love for the casual, like if there's a couple other Brian's, you know, that I'm playing with, I would love for them to want to at least stick together. You know, even if they're not like, well, I kind of love what, what Josh does. A lot like, of times when we get on, like we get on Halo Five matchmaking, when we go to choose like uh, ranked or social, or whatever, Josh would be like, "Do you get? You kind of what, what kind of mood are you in, Brian? You you want to go like competitive, or do you kind of just want to talk about like Lord of the Rings or something? You know, you want to talk about you know the latest episode of Game of Thrones, whatever? I'll go. Uh, I just kind of want to chat. He's like, I'll throw us into social. Like he doesn't even. He's like, I'm not even. You know, he's just setting the standard right there. He's asking, "Where's my headspace?" Okay, my headspace is not competitive because if if he just went into a competitive match with the intent of playing competitively, and I'm already blabbing about you know what happened in two towers, then 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 he's kind of a little bit. It's a little bit. It's a little bit on him to go like, why did I expect Brian to get to stop talking and get exactly. his headspace to go competitive when I knew we were already not doing that? You know, so yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You, uh, you want me to take it further? Or you what want to do you say think, that, Josh? For we time? got I the Q and A and the uh, patrons would probably get us about two hours. Do you want to go longer or not? What do you think? No, you know what? Uh, we'll save that stuff for another yeah, time. Because I think we're yeah, on a really I high had some point in match. Right now, and we got a good Q and A. Yeah, no, too. yeah, absolutely. I want to get to that, but I'll just say this to summarize. Um, there's some in match stuff I went through, and we'll cover we'll cover down the line. Maybe maybe if we get a Halo Infinite beta, it'll be a great example of time to, to to put that stuff into use. But I made some notes about some safe films, and you know, and my approach to that type of stuff is that uh, it'd be covering matches that we lose as opposed to win, and why? That's because you learn so much more through losing than you do winning as players. So I, I for anyone wanting to watch your safe films, you know, uh, watch the ones you lose because that's where you're going to learn the most. But uh, we'll save that for another time. And if you, anyone's interested in so that, definitely like let us know. We like the position we're in, guys, because we have, out. as you know, there hasn't been really any Halo Infinite information the entire time this podcast has run. But Josh and I, we're getting close. But Josh and I have a plethora of topics and ideas um, for episodes on our own without Infinite News. But now we're getting to the point where there is objectively going to be Halo Infinite News, a big blowout in less than two weeks. So we decided we were going to do this episode we had in our back pocket right now. Uh, over multiplayer and then next week Mm -hmm. our plans for next week's episode is that we're going to do a uh, final kind of reassessing of this this time we've been doing the podcast this lead up to infinite infinite predictions predictions infinite like speculation like the next episode we're really excited for the next episode because it's going to be kind of this like uh, closing of a chapter um just preparing it's the calm before the storm everybody it's it's this it's sort of the end of this long road we've all been on and i mean we've only personally brian and i have only been sort of in the community since about october but like we've all been there writing this stuff for so long since halo 5 and uh this is really for us going to be sort of a, a bye-bye to uh no news of, of infinite yeah. and, and so you'll kind of see going going down this fast kind of we're going to put a bunch more topics and ideas we had in our back pocket as we shift to talking about the new infinite stuff because so so basically next week will be kind of this like summarization closing the chapter it's gonna be a fun episode and then the next episode you'll get after that one will be immediately upon the halo infinite stuff being revealed we're yeah even if we get even if we just get like five yeah, minutes we're gonna, gonna play, we're, gonna, we're gonna, gonna be able to talk about it we know you guys are gonna we're gonna, gonna be talk about it too. sitting here ready to hit record 
the moment the Halo Infinite stuff's over with, and then that will be, yeah. you know, and who knows? We don't know what kind of uh, Halo Infinite news is going to come out after that. We don't know if they're going to like pepper announcements and reveals and stuff afterward, or if they're just going to let us sit on the twenty third information for months. I don't know. But Josh and I'll pretty much be shifting into infinite coverage mainly from then on. Infinite so, hype train. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be hype. Definitely. Yeah, definitely going to want to tune in for that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, very excited for that. That Saturday cannot. Saturday. Uh, well, actually, we're going to be recording that on Thursday. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Oh, I'm, okay, I'm yeah, talking about the next the, one. Uh, we're yeah, so excited. For the actual infinite reveal on Thursday. We'll be recording gosh. that Thursday. We'll be posting it Thursday. So uh, you ready for questions and answers, Josh? Uh, before we get into the official Q and A, we'll we'll go over. We have three patron questions. First one is from our buddy Photon. Photon spicy Spi- the spicy meme learner himself. I like this question. Things. It's pretty simple. What does y'all's collective Halo guts tell you? What the infinite and Halo Infinite could possibly mean? I say it like that because he put possibly in all capital letters. <laughs> so, like right. What do you think the infinite means? I think it's it's more symbolic of the direction I for agree. Halo. I, I think I think there's definitely potential that this game could be something that's supported as a sort of now, like let's. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. I could see Halo Infinite still being very much the same type of first person shooter we come to know and expect with Halo, but still being a games as a service in a sense too of getting additional campaign dlc 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 if that's received well like they kind of tested those waters with with spartan ops and halo 4 and it didn't go over well but most people will talk about how good those cutscenes were whether you liked it or not they can say objectively hey at least they brought it home with animation they knocked it out of the park but i could see that being a thing i don't necessarily think that's going to happen but like i could just see infinite being like yeah i could it probably will play into the story but i, I think the bigger ideal will the be concept of the game i agree entirely the concept will be a I bit think more we're going to start seeing this more this is just prediction but i think there's a lot to support it i think we're going to start seeing this in the gaming industry a lot more uh todd howard of bethesda game studios has went on record saying you know um elder scroll 6 isn't going to come out for a long time because not only do we want to build it right and have the right technology but if you look at Skyrim, Skyrim is a game that people are still playing a, a ton of today, um, now nine years after its launch. And and Skyrim wasn't a game, this is what Todd Howard said, I'm paraphrasing, Skyrim was not a game they built to last specifically, but it has anyway. So they want to build Elder Scrolls VI um, so that could be a game that can go for 10 plus years. Um, and I think with you, when we've talked about prior, uh, you know, game development costs, game development ambition, the size of crews, the size of polish expected, I think we're going to start seeing games more often be built to last, built as a service. And I, I don't, personally, to me, that's a dirty word, built as a service. But if you look at MCC, you know, they just added the MCC is going to have like skins that you can unlock for Halo 1. What, Brian, I don't mean to interrupt you. When did they say we're getting fired from? Uh, August, I believe. August. Yeah, so yeah, so you're seeing Damn. you're seeing anyway. them pivot it, like games as a service, which I think I think a lot of us can tolerate games as a service provided it's fair. You know, obviously we want our full infinite campaign and multiplayer suite to be there with our purchase of the game, but adding little things along the way to keep it going, I think that's going to prove to be where the direction of studios go a lot from here on out because it's just the the development cost, the time required. And also, you look at it, and as much as a lot of us might might not want to admit it, Halo 5 has done a pretty darn good job of being sustained for five years as the most recent Halo. Now, if they build yeah, Halo I mean, Infinite, 
if they build it with the intent of it lasting five plus years, that could be great. So I think Infinite is going to be, it speaks to the product, like Josh says. Definitely. And I mean, it, I, we'll talk about this more in the next episode, but I think, you know, a lot of it does depend on the game six, being successful from, you know, the base yeah. release itself. But like, I think, I think it could definitely be very symbolic of what, what's to come with that game, not just in the story, but, but great, easy question, but a long answer. So that, that was perfect. Uh, next is from our buddy, yeah. Mike MH cosplay dropping through the roof in his Hormel chili ODST drop pod. He said he wanted you, he said he wanted you to sing a little country for him. Could you give me, could you give Mike a little country tune? Just a little something, something, a little spice. A little, little country tune? How did he, how did he, didn't he word that a specific Oh, I don't way? know. I'm I don't have to, it pulled I'm up. I'm trying to remember. Uh, let's see. Let's it see. can be one line even. Let's see. So, yeah, no, I know. I remember how he worded it now. He said he wanted me to sing it in country, like it, it, when he's busting out of it. Let's see. Let's... Halo, Hormel Chili, come get you some. Don't be so silly. Halo, Hormel Chili, get yourself four cans, get yourself double XP. <laughs> The the, the 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 pace in which you sung that made me feel as if the ODST pod was just lol, like dropping slowly, like lollygagging, just coming down. Like you know, I'll get there when I get there. I'm just driving the truck with the windows down. You know, this like I just picture like in the if it's commercial, this like player turns around and like Mike just hands him a bowl of it or like his shoe, you know, like his boot, you know. And there's just the chili, and they start diving into it. And then as the camera pans away, and they're both like singing like Halo. Then all of a sudden you hear this like voice that's like, don't want ODST troopers dropping in on your house, forcing you to pay months and months of repairs. Head to the nearest grocery store today and get yourself four cans of Halo Hormel chili and receive double XP for Halo Infinite. And then it would say something like, what is it? What, what did Master Chief say at the end of that? Uh, it was like, we need to fight, but we also need Sir, to eat. finishing this Hormel. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike's question is, if uh, 343i came and asked you today to test the multiplayer for infinite would you give them what you'd want halo to be or be open-minded and give the objective overview i'd be completely open-minded i think i i would want to give them an objective sense of what i what i'd look at it from two perspectives what i felt was fun and then what i thought could be a potential issue that's how the that's the approach i would go into like when i like if i think back to when i when they were doing breakout for halo 5 and testing it that would have been an interesting chance for me to like think well i still have fun playing this but like how is this going to necessarily work out yeah. in the long run you know like it would have it would have kind of raised that so i that's the approach i would go to it personally is i would want to i would want to focus on those two factors and and try to not let any of my subjective mm-hmm. desires of what i want yeah, if they asked me, I would I'd start by very briefly telling them what I selfishly want. I'd be like, "Okay, I want you know, I want a I want a, a standard campaign with, you know, 12 to 15 missions, uh, you know, preferably not open world." Even though I told you guys I'm completely acceptable, accepting of a of an open world, and I think that's probably what Halo Infinite you are completely accepting. Uh, I'm okay. Brian, but way more than that. You're amazing. Don't even say that. Uh, You're amazing. I am completely accepting oh, awesome, of uh, open world, and I actually think that's what Infinite's going to be. But if I was selfishly, I'd be like, okay, I want a, a 12, 15 mission campaign. I want a competitive multiplayer that's got a lot more emphasis on big team battle than the last game did. But if they wanted my, then I'd go into my much longer spiel of, of like my objective opinion, and I'm like, people want to tr- people want a familiar uh, campaign with something um, a bit different, a bit new. Uh, like maybe some open world type stuff. And then for multiplayer, I would say 
I'd say you guys need to keep it competitive, but you also need to make it, it needs to be more fun to just play it and be more, more accessible. for those cash. And then when it came down to the big, here's the thing, guys, like, even if they let someone like me in to give my opinion of what the Halo fan base wants, I don't think I could tell them whether to go sprint or no sprint, because it really does feel like it's that split. You know, I don't know what's better. I feel like, on one hand, I feel like moving forward as a competitive shooter in 2020, you know, with new kids coming in, I feel like kids want fast-paced gameplay. I feel like they want sprint. I feel like that's what's come to be expected. But then again, I can also see if Halo Infinite comes out on the 23rd and they go, sprint's not in the game, classic gameplay. That's going to be a drop the mic moment where people are going to be in tears, excited. But I just don't know, you know? So I, on one hand, I feel like if they wanted a, a shock and awe drop the mic moment, I'd say don't put sprint in because everyone's expecting sprint to be there. But on the other hand, I'm saying if you want long-term viability for your game, you know, in 2020, it might seem like a step back after Halo 4 and 5 and Reach to not have Sprint, you know? Yeah. No, I get But I, I ultimately, I think, before I pass it to you, Josh, ultimately what I would say is I would try to speak for the Halo community as a whole, guys. I honestly wouldn't be selfish. I would try to, I would try to say what I think the community wants. I might get it wrong, but I'd try. No, yeah. I would try to give them the kind of feedback I would want myself if I was someone in the position of a developer team that was working on this game and yeah like it might be cool to invite people to come play my game that i've helped you know with this all these other people to work on and have them just like kiss up to me and i will be i like if i'm in that position i'm gonna be so nice and so happy and so supportive and like appreciative but like the kind of feedback they're gonna need to have is the kind they want to know is this fun or not most game developers design their games around whether this is fun does this make you feel something so like you know, I, I got to kind of let my expectations, I would have to let them yeah. go, you know, because like, that's not going to give them any benefit. That's going to give, that's going to throw in my own bias into the pot and stir it. And like, it's not going to taste as good for them. Right. So I, th- I feel like I would, I think Brian said it better, but I think I would try to look at it as objective as possible and just take what's there, whether Sprint was in or not, or some other aspect of the campaign or whatever. But yeah. Yep. Uh, last question from the patron, uh, Patreon is Crimson Seraph, Jondon, our boy. Jonden! Wait, I can do that better. Jonden! Oh, Jonden! I thought you were going to do like a Price is Right, like, Jonden, come on down! And then, and then, oh man, staying home sick from school watching Price is Right. Like a, there's like a Mercedes, and he, and then they, they go to Jonden for his guests, and he goes, uh, $1, Drew. <laughs> One dollar. You know, cause there's always a person who doesn't one dollar. I feel like whatever he said in that moment, that it would just be like, boom. Yeah. Uh, he says, Wait, Sacred he Icon Halo had jumps. talked a lot lately about the good that Halo 5 brought to the franchise, and fittingly so. If Halo 5 had been received better by the majority, how might that have changed the product that will be seen in the next couple of weeks? Well, that's a big question, because ultimately, I guess I'll go first, because here I am talking. Yeah, go ahead. The product would have been, in my opinion completely different completely different i think i think 343 had a lot of ideas for where they were going to go when halo 5 came out and i think not only do i think we would have gotten halo 6 or whatever i I don't think it'd be called infinite i think it would have been called halo 6 with a subtitle and i think it would have came out three years after halo 5 we would already played it we would have already been seeing trailers for halo 7 whatever that ends up being um i think they would have i think they i think halo 6 would have had 
very almost identical multiplayer to five for sure. And I think they would have continued, they would have doubled down on the squad mechanics from the campaign. And, you know, I think they would, I think we would have seen, I mean, some of this might seem obvious to you guys, but I think we would have seen a lot more blue team and a lot more team Osiris. I think we would have seen a lot more of those characters. I think to me, it seems like with Halo five, they were trying to introduce this big cast to take forward. And they wanted to. I think they wanted to keep that squadment gameplay in the game. They hired. You know what? They hired Tim Longo of Republic Commando fame to do that. To Love do that. That, uh, that squad stuff. So, so I think like the squad stuff mm-hmm. and the revive and the teams like that would have stayed. Um, we would have got the game sooner. We would have got a lot more um, mantle of responsibility, didact, forerunner type stuff. Because that it's very clear that when three four three took over. The canon and the lore was going in that direction of, you know, forerunner, um, you know, mantle responsibility, domain, the created. We would have got a completely different product. It wouldn't have been a soft reboot. It it would have came out sooner. Yeah, uh, Halo Infinite. I, I think it's more or less obvious that is a react. That is them taking a step back, reassessing, and saying, "Hey, we need to do a whole new approach to Halo because." Because this, despite people like me and Josh who loved Halo Four and Five for different reasons, and a lot of us in the community love those games, um, they realize that if Halo's going to last for another twenty years, they got to take a step back and do something differently. So over to you, Josh. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're probably right, Brian. I, 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 I think the long and short of it is just that there was definitely a point where they probably had to take a step back and reassess and say like. Like they got thrown a bit off. This ain't course, gonna cut it if we do this another it's taken again. Long. Yeah. But I do think it's an interesting. It's food for thought that sometimes I when I when we have these conversations, I, I just picture someone from three four three sitting there grinning and spinning around in their chair, you know, because thinking you know we don't really know what we're talking about in a good way because there's there's with every game there's feedback and there's things that are changed with any game any franchise doesn't matter but I think. There's always the small possible chance that like what we're getting in Halo Infinite is very much what at least on paper, you know, maybe bullet points, what they still had planned. Possible. And we don't know that. We won't know that, but I think it's just, you know, it we the, the narrative is always that Halo 5 wasn't received very well at all. But I need, I got to so, interrupt you with this Josh cuz we, we literally just go posted ahead. a question on the Sacred Icon Halo Twitter about how the review scores for, for Halo 5 were pretty darn good. It has Right, I just mean with yeah. I'm just saying that like a lot like, of, a lot of no, definitely. We've heard I of companies. The, we've heard of ahead. companies getting their bonuses based on how well they do a Metacritic. We've heard about that before. The Metacritic score for uh, Halo Five was an 84, and there was there was scores from major publications in the 80s, 90s. There was even a few 10 out of 10s for Halo Five, which I know seems crazy, to you guys, but like it reviewed well. I mean, if they were going off review scores alone, there's no reason why they couldn't have done a direct follow up to Halo Five. So right. I think uh, just the two things I'll say before we move on further. Um, first off, thank you for saying what you said, John. And, and But I think the biggest things will be, obviously, it's going back to Chief. I don't think even, I, like, I don't think, I don't look for them to really force a, a new uh, sort of pro- protagonist. You know, I, I don't look for that. I think it's possible. I mean, hey, maybe the, there's potential we'll play as Arbiter again. Maybe there's potential we'll play as Lock, Blue Team, whatever, you know. But, like, I don't see that happening. I think I think they'll bring it just back, have a huge focus on Chief. And I think when it comes to multiplayer, yeah, that was received pretty well. But 
it wasn't also casual friendly, kind of like Brian said a lot through this episode. So I, I would look for them to take the feedback from that and try to maybe find a see if they can find a balance with it, which I, get, I would imagine is tough. But I would look for them to not try to completely revert back on the the. I got to say one thing that's going to take us a little off topic, and I hopefully I can make it short because I don't want to go on a long spiel about it. But I adamantly, one hundred percent, don't buy for a second that the reason there was ever a problem with any Halo game is because there wasn't enough Chief. I think that is completely false narrative. I don't believe it. Um, ODST and Reach didn't have Chief. They did very well. People were very happy. Halo Wars 1 and 2, I know those are spinoff games that are RTSs, they're not the same. People enjoyed those games, didn't need Chief. The the whole the whole the whole we need Chief to be successful narrative did not start till Halo 5. Right. I, I definitely like I know there's that group of people out there, but I agree with you, and I think you're right, Brian, because we've had those games, we've had those experiences. I still get like when I play ODST, I still feel that same bunch yeah. of vibe. It has I, nothing to do with Chief. Chief games. Like do I love Chief? Do I want Chief? Do we yeah, all want Chief? Of course. To you know to keep playing as him? Yeah, of course. But like People who are like like Jonathan, for example, who are like read the books and, and are, are very invested in the lore, like you know that you don't need Chief to tell a Halo story. Yeah, and this you know? coming, and this like, is coming from a guy myself here. This is coming from a guy who appreciates Halo Five more than most. But I just gotta be real with you. Um, the reason that everyone's Halo Five wasn't wasn't a great campaign. It wasn't a great story, and it was also a numbered title. So that's why if if Osiris. If, yeah, falls if, if, there was, if the game was called yeah. Halo Team Osiris, Halo semicolon uh, um, Team Osiris, and the whole game was Team Osiris, and they were done really well, like ODST was the group, it wouldn't have been a problem. It wouldn't have been a problem. And and Bungie Bungie did this fantastic thing of of showing the world that Halo didn't need Chief to be good and be successful. They did that for 343 before they handed off the IP. That was a huge blessing. And I've heard 343 say that before. It was a huge blessing to show that these games can exist without the Chief. And Bungie did that to them, handed it over, and then they decided to go back into the narrative with Chief with 4, which turned out well, and it, it was good. But then they continued into 5, and 5, they, they, they put Chief at the back, they shafted him, they put Osiris in the spotlight, and it just wasn't well done. And now you have people say, even three four three said on record, yeah. Oh, we've we've heard you. Chief needs to be in the game. That's not true though. That's really disingenuous. It was it wasn't done properly. You could give us games without Chief. Right. That's that's the end of my soapbox. Yeah, but I think I think yeah, I think part of that though is just them saying that like if it's a number title, yeah, if it's a number title, Chief, you expect you know? Chief. I get definitely that. like it, the expectations are more warranted there, whereas they're not like if you're doing a spinoff or something like that. Even if Chief is in that. But like I think when it just really the, the 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 narrative for Halo Five comes down to two things: one, how it was marketed because it was misleading, you know, and I know that they, they probably they didn't mean for that, but it's just what happened. And two, it's the execution of the story, mm-hmm. you know. I feel like people can, and we said this so many times before. And I'm just going to summarize, get off my soapbox too, but I feel like people can look at the gameplay on a fundamental level and say this is fun. Do I hate? Cl- I don't. I never hear people saying I hate clambering. Mm-hmm. I never hear it. I'm not saying it's not out there. I'm yeah. just saying I do not hear it. And the sort of vertical terrain that these maps had, people seem to like. People point to the St. Helios levels and really enjoying them. You know, I think that stuff is fun. You know, yeah, maybe the, the people didn't like the revive system and all this stuff, and people didn't like sort of the direction the story want, uh, went. But, like, there's still things to take away from that game. I just think if you had if you had taken away the marketing campaign and you didn't have something like that, and then you played the story, I still think people would have had an issue in 
how Locke was, you know, it wasn't like with Arbiter. Arbiter in Chief felt more half and half, whereas Locke felt like well, three fourths. Yeah, I, out I of the went game, on record you know? saying this before. So. There, there's, there's so much good in Halo Five. It's just there was too many big blows to make people accept it. You know, it's like you start the game. Okay, the marketing campaign was not representative of the game. Okay, I can get past that. Okay, fine. Uh, the Warden Eternal wasn't fun to fight. I got to fight him over and over again. Okay, I can get past that. I only play as Master Chief for three levels. Blue team for three levels. Man, I can get past that. You know, and then, like, these are the big things that they couldn't get past, you know, and then, oh, Cortana's evil at the end, you know? Uh, like, it was just one too many things. Like, right, if, if the game was perfect everywhere, but Cortana was the villain, it would have been like a, oh, you know, I didn't really care for that. It would have been a lot more easier to ingest. Yeah, or, or, oh, the, the game... Uh, the marketing lied, but you play as Master Chief half the time and, and Osiris half the time, and it's a good game, it's a good story. People would be able to get past it, but there's just one too many big blows to 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 swallow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think I could say it. No, any but anyways, better. moving on, guys. I Sorry agree, to go on that long topic. Uh, great question, question that we asked All on Twitter questions. that directly applies to this episode was: With each Halo release, it's safe to assume at least one map from an older title will be remade. However. These often tend to be the community's favorites over and over again. What's an unpopular map you'd like to see make its return in Halo Infinite's multiplayer? So as you know, guys, Halo Infinite comes out. If we didn't see one map that was remade from a prior Halo game, it would probably blow me in Josh's mind because it always happens. Yeah, it's just say that's the one thing I feel like out of that entire game I can count. It's going to be at least one, yeah. To be so uh, you know, the, the idea is here, we've seen a lot of remakes of Lockout, uh, Blood Gulch, you know, Valhalla got yeah, remade. We've seen a lot. Over, so, know, what's a map that hasn't been remade yeah. that's unpopular you'd like to see? Um, so, the first response we got is from Ethan James McCollum. He says, "Relic and or Very Terminal from Halo 2's multiplayer map pack." Now, we have seen Relic remade once in Halo 2 Anniversary, but Terminal. I picked this question because Terminal is Josh. This is the one Josh always brings up, and I also love it. Terminal was that map from multiplayer map pack that had the the like the train that went through the center. That yep. map was awesome, wasn't it, Josh? Dude, that map, there's so many different ways to play big team battle on that. You spawned in like the one garage area, then you had the sort of like parking area, parking garage area, then you had the uh, opposite base where the, the, the sort of train would come out, you know, and there's the, the overshield and there's that sort of like hilly area. I it was awesome. The race spawn back there. There was there's just so many different ways to approach how you navigated it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the top one above and, and the... And just the seeing, yeah. seeing like a, yeah, yeah. a uh, warthog full of people crossing the track and then getting wiped out, dude. You just can't beat that. Yes, yes, it's super funny. And I love Relic, too. Uh, I think Relic's a very fun map I love playing CTF on. Um, it's fun whether you're on the outside uh, sniping somebody who's at the top of that Relic Tower or if you're actually able to get a vehicle on the side, you know, where like the rocket spawns or the lift and you kind of get to the back of it and you work your way up to yeah. get that flag. I mean, it, that stuff's, they're, they're both fun in Slayer too, but I feel like those two maps are just some of the most fun I can remember having in big team battle. Yeah. Ever. I love it. Every love time we do maps. land, there's, there, we do terminal uh, at some point. Yep. Um, next response is from Michael Sperry. I don't know. He's Michael back again. Sperry. We have him on here a lot. He's got good stuff to say. Back again. Guess who's back? Sperry's back. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily unpopular, but I would love to see Rat Race from Combat Evolved remade. Halo has been sorely lacking in asymmetrical maps these days. Rat Race is one of those ones that, you know, it's only been in Halo 1, and I've played it so little, it's often hard to remember it, but... 
the reason I chose this question is I'm like, if they brought Rat Race back for Infinite, that would be that would be a standout. Like, yeah, they went and looked at their unpopular maps and they brought it to Infinite. So, they went yeah, deep cut. cut. Yeah, because yeah, I remember hearing back back you know before three four three was around. I remember hearing a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about Rat Race. I do remember that, yeah. but like it's not now. It's not ever really talked about. But I remember playing on that map briefly, and it was it was fun. I had some fun in it. I definitely did. I, that would yeah. be cool. That would be cool. um, like next that. is from Nick at King Grunt. Uh, we've had him on here a few King times. King Grunt. Uh, yes. Even though Ridge yep. Line was awesome. a remake for Halo Anniversary, it became a personal favorite. I would love to see it in Infinite. Now, Josh, I'm guessing you even remember what Ridge Line looks like. Probably, uh, it's like a bunch of timber. It's it's uh, outside. It's kind of got like a foresty aesthetic. But it was a remake for Halo Anniversary, which was so Halo. You know the Halo Anniversary map pack that came to Reach. It was part of that, um, but it's very beautiful. I, I know Josh loves like the green foresty stuff and jungles and stuff like that. Yeah, I actually just looked up some images of it. That yeah, uh, it's one of those maps. I haven't gotten it's one of those maps that, that like it just didn't hasn't got much time in the spotlight. So there's so many of those yeah, maps. Looks like it yeah. deserves it though. At this point, Halo, I don't. I haven't counted, but like at this point, in Halo's history, they got to have way over 50, if not close to 100 maps. And the fact that we've have so many that haven't really got time in the spotlight definitely should bring some back. Yeah. Um, next is from I like Ryuji at Ryuji Gunblade. Um, yeah. Chiron. For, I hope I'm saying that right. Chiron. 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 For, Someone yeah, can correct us. Correct us. They're probably us. laughing, no. going, "These noobs, they dash like they play Halo." <laughs> uh, Chiron for those classic shenanigans. That is such a weird map, dude. Right, but that got me. It did because it's foot. freaking weird, dude. Like to me that, yeah. that to me that's a map that symbolizes like that's from Halo One so like that's a map that symbolizes like oh this is before Halo cemented itself as what it's known to be you know what I mean like this is where that was early enough where they were still tossing up ideas and like that's that's a map that like very much doesn't seem Halo nowadays yeah I feel like some they were like we need a map. We need a map like in two hours. That to me looks. Yeah. He's like, oh, 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 <laughs> that to me looks like a map that you'd see in like a Half Life or Counter Strike type game. You know. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I still have fun on it too. But uh, yeah, that'd be Dude, interesting. Final map recommendation I have for the questions. We both love this map, and I love this guy's name. This guy's name is Swagged into Sunlight. <laughs> swagged into sunlight. You had me swagged into sunlight. Oh, you make it sound. It funny. was nighttime cool. <laughs> before I was swagged into sunlight. <laughs> oh damn! Uh, I would he listen says, to that. Uh, "High ground." That's it. He just said "high ground" from Halo Three. Yeah, not to be crass, freaking A. Also, <laughs> freaking A. Also, I love that. Yeah, go ahead. Obi Wan had the high ground. So, as we started this episode, uh, right. yeah, right. yeah, full circle, Brian. I love high ground. That was actually the first map I got to play in the multiplayer beta of Halo Three. And for me personally, since I loved it, that created this whole uh, perspective of how I looked at Halo 3's multiplayer. Like it just completely like set the, the, the page. In. Map. And, and was that map? They did, popular? but I mean, I feel like everyone loves it. I don't see a lot of people talk about it nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it was I, a I great really map. Uh, now, most I feel like most people enjoy it, but I, I don't see a lot of people talk about it. I love the heck out of that map, dude. I know it's small, but like it's it's great. It's it's a great like small like Team Slayer map. Just perfect. I love going in the little base. You know, you have a couple different options if you spawn on the beach. You know, you have like the camo out there. You have the rockets if you can get to it. Um, you know, there's a shotgun out there. If you're inside, you have I a lot of options. I just remember thinking it was too. cool. You, could, you have you a lot could of cover. The doors open. I know it's so silly, but I thought it was cool. 
Oh, yeah. but it's neat though. It's super neat. People would take that the uh, the grab lift pickup and they would go up top to that tower. You know, if you're spawning on the beach side, I would. It, it was hilarious. And then if I was someone who had the Spartan laser, and I was sitting in the base, and I would just watch them float up and then shoot them as soon as they land. I uh, the so one map, reporting. the one map Such that I mentioned, map. and the, the one map that there. I mentioned that Josh and I both like have some fond memories of is that uh, backwash. Um, because it had backwash. for me as a lore guy, I just loved it because that's one of those multiplayer map pack maps that had um i feel like you could not you couldn't there was something about that map like you couldn't play it all i don't think it was in matchmaking or something like that it was something to do yeah with but frame, it had right, pentient tangent the uh the monitor that the grave mine is holding when chief and arbiter are trapped by the grave mine is that uh from from delta halo he's floating around the map which i just thought was so cool uh that map itself i feel like is a great king of the hill map because i know it doesn't really it's foggy it has the center actually. area and then it's all in you know circled and it's foggy and like that's very fun to me because you can't always see people from far away and it's like i love i i would like something like that if they did it if they found a way with the new tech to to, to do something like that this little space engine that could be super fun it doesn't work as well with team slayer but i've still every time i play that i've had yeah i love it dude i've still had fun like yeah, there's no aside from that middle area. There's no like, hey, let's hold this area. There's not that's not really a thing in that map. But like, yeah. it's just fun, and it's cool. pretty. I just like to see it back. Like, if it was an infinite, it would be beautiful. It'd be absolutely beautiful. Backwash come mm, back. Backwash. Every time I think of backwash, though, I just think of someone just like Monday. spitting up their like toothpaste. Like <laughs> everybody listening, like, oh, I didn't need that in my ear. Um, Hit me up with the sound of someone on backwash. Spitting up some backwash. Mm. I think it'd just be like yeah, someone spitting with swampy noises in the background. <laughs> uh, yeah. Josh, you ready for the business? <laughs> some ambient sound on YouTube. Here's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I, I am. we got we got so many patrons, and we often spend a lot of time with you guys. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna read off a patron name, and Josh is gonna give a short, either sentence or song, and we're gonna move to the next one. So we get to do these quick. And we're glad that we have this problem. Having a lot of patrons is a good it's a good problem to have, right, Josh? Uh, we got new it patron Brenton Bagley. Makes me think of bagels. Josh, what do you got to say? I definitely think of bagels. Yeah, I I'm not a big bagel fan, but I would. I would try, try a, a Brenton bagel. <laughs> I would try a Brent bagel. I would absolutely. Uh, thank you so much for the patron. Thank you so much, man. Uh, we got new. Oh, Josh, I want you to come up with something good. This guy's name is Jacob, but his username. He's a new patron. Everything I do is good. Protein jugs. Protein jugs. <laughs> 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 I ever saw that name? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for the support protein jugs thank you so much for the support yes, and the laugh that was that the laugh you. was the best uh, response you could get we, we laughed about that all uh, we already kind of touched yeah. on it mh cosplay coming in on that odst hormel drop pod thank you love mike so much uh guys check him out he's he's doing some great cosplay. genesis he's Nation. a genius yeah also part of a great band <laughs> yeah you know because uh, we got a boo how's it do Thank you so much, Dennis. <laughs> Thank you, Abu. Always being so kind and so nice. Uh, very. Josh, supportive. I'm just going to make a sound, and, and I, you tell me what patron this is. I think you should be able to guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's Ian yes, Big Dog Mills, you, baby. Thank you for the patron support. We got photons. <laughs> yeah, species, thank you so much, species, Ian. Oh, species hey, by the way, theme lord. <laughs> by the way, Ian... I think uh, Ian's been streaming on oh, Facebook yeah. for some Halo stuff. Definitely check out his Twitter. Uh, oh, dude, you know what? Also, I, I didn't mean to move on so quickly. Ian, I want to give you a shout-out, dude, because you, when uh, we had uh, Jessica Shea, hopefully I'm saying her name right. I believe that's how you say it. From uh, Used to be a 343 community manager. She's reincorporating herself She's into awesome. 
the um, she's reincorporating herself into the Halo community, and she was asking for some suggestions of some good content providers. And dude, Ian, you were there right off the bat to say, "Yo, Sacred Icon Halo, awesome podcast," and you're our patron supporter, dude. We can't thank you enough. Thank you. Yeah, that that seriously like, that was dope. Yeah, Josh was really happy. That, he sent me a picture of himself I smiling, was. just a little glare, oh sunshine in his eye, a little rainbow. <laughs> yeah, even when there's not a reflection. <laughs> Uh, next is our, our I accidentally <laughs> said species meme lord, our spicy meme lord, Photon. Our yeah. species he, meme He has lord. excelled to such high meme lordom that he has now created a species called the meme lords. It's ridiculous, but still. <laughs> that reminds me of our new buddy in the Discord, oh, meme, meme mind. Yeah. yeah, guys, if you guys like to... This is a serious quake moment. Like the grave mind, come to our Discord and meet the meme mind. It's all he thinks about. Uh, our next else, uh, next patron but supporter yes. is Nick Ray, baby. Ooh, Nick Ray sounds like he would be in a great, successful boy band, of which whose discography I would still listen to. I, Nick Ray, man, Nick, Nick Ray, I like it. I like it. He sounds like the kind of guy that would be in a boy band. They'd have a great discography, like I said, and then they'd go. He'd go solo, and then he I would don't be. Know why? But Nick Ray's making one. me think of uh, what's that band from the Scooby Doo movie, the real life one, um, Sugar, Ray. Sugar Ray. Yeah, that's why it made me think of it. Nick Ray, Sugar Ray. Uh, yeah. Nick Ray of Sugar Ray. Like, Yo, SOB, I ain't seen you since the Scooby Doo movie in like, 01. When you go, 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 I know. Never ends. <laughs> <laughs> never ends. Oh, na, 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 na. All the things that oh, I used to say. Oh, TV shows have gone out the window. <laughs> uh, next we got Dust Storm from Podtacular. You all know him. Don't need an introduction. He's been here. He's on the, like podcast episode seven thousand four hundred ninety-two. Yeah, definitely check out Podtacular, even though you already yeah. are doing it. Thank you, so, thank much, you so, much, so much, Dust. Appreciate the support. Appreciate so much. We got Jondon, number one moderator in the world. Jondon, Jondon, Jondon. Being a great admin every day, always having these cool ideas, always coming up in there with the support, dropping in, welcoming people, reading the Halo books, dropping the lore insight. As someone who doesn't know the lore as much, that dude's dropping some information to combat uh, how much Brian knows, and, and it's great seeing uh, them conversate a lot. I'm a fly on the wall, and I'm like rubbing my hands like you see flies do. Like, yes, Jondon. Enhance my Jondon's brain. Jondon's the mod. He don't play COD. He's got the bod. Mm. Bring it. Oh, I like that. I, just, I want, I I want like Johnny that. to put a picture of himself, like get like a muscular, like the rock body and just transpose his head onto it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> get the one with the fanny Ooh, pack, fanny though. Pack That's the best mm-hmm. one. Uh, we yeah. got Justin Howard. Uh, what, what, Justin chiropractic, Howard. chiropractic yeah. Justin right? Howard, chiropractic. <laughs> Thank you for the patron support. Appreciate that. We got Trevor yeah. Pokey. Thank you so much. Forever stocking the shelves at the store with us in spirit. Forever Trevor. Polky, our supporter, love you so much. We always man. talk behind Thank the scenes, so dude. Much. We always talk about how, like, man, Trevor, we would get along with that dude because we would just be. Josh and I have so many memories of stocking the shelves together. See, now Josh is stocking the shelves uh, at the grocery store. I'm stocking the shelves at the hospital, medical supplies. We're both stocking, but we used to stock together, and we have so many great memories. And we hear mm-hmm. that's how Brian. Yeah, and I got and to so know him. So hearing really. Trevor, like, he's listened to our podcast while he's there. Like that just makes us feel like we're it's just cool yeah man if you're listening to this while you're at work right now i hope it's a great night and uh hope you're almost yeah, out of definitely there, like <laughs> and he's listening to this and he's like i'm in the first hour this sucks thanks guys uh we got glass <laughs> uh real name marcus glass has been your support in the patron for quite some time 
Thank Great you dude. so much, uh, Blast. I, I see him all the time on the Resetter reforms and the Halo threads. I'm like, keeping it real. That's awesome, bro. Appreciate that. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we got yeah, gratu- cool. Gratuitous Brick. I don't actually remember. Nope. I forgot. This guy somehow is in our Patreon, but he's he's never became a patron. So, But there's a free shout-out for you, Gratuitous Brick. Uh, we <laughs> got Matthew brick. Salvatore. He's been here since the very beginning supporting us. Thank you so much, dude. Can't wait for Kingdom yeah, Zambler. Does, uh, got does a great show with Tom Jurassic. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, podcast evolved. The Build with Block Blocks podcast has got him and our buddy Tom Jurassic. Check that yes. out and check out Matthew Salvatore's stuff because he like he puts oh. up these stop motion oh. videos it's of God-tier. Omega Blocks. God-tier, They're God-tier, awesome. Yeah, and Tom Jurassic does that with uh, with Jurassic Park stuff. Yeah, love it. Um, great guys. You know, it's always Tom it's Jurassic always funny to me. <laughs> like I feel like people will like listen and follow Sacred Icon Halo podcast, and they you know they you know they think oh wow those guys are big oh, I know those guys and they don't know Matthew Salvatore but I'm like you know how many times Matthew Salvatore has been mentioned on the community pl- updates on uh, on Halo Waypoint for his stop motion that dude he's famous you know get that dude's autograph. Yeah. <laughs> I would not feel as confident as I am in these episodes uh, were it not for that. Oh, yeah, because he was the first, like, I mean, if you guys go way back, I think it was like our second or third episode, I call him a fan, and I'm like, I apologize to him for being a fan. I'm like, uh, I don't know if you're a fan, but you're supporting us, so if you're offended that I'm calling you a fan, I'm sorry, but, and then afterwards, Matthew Seltor's like, hell yeah, I'm a fan player. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. And then finally, I saved it to the end because there's always the most to say, we got the Shipley supporting us. Those dang old Shipleys, I Man. sure love them. I love can, all of our Patreon supporters. I love everyone in the community. Shipleys are are some great people. Uh, if you if you're listening to this for the first time, they're a married couple that loves Halo. They're on the podcast. Kirsty has, yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely check that out in the archives. Great episode. Uh, Kirsty's great. She's got so talent. She's so talented in her art. I can and, see their uh, hype building. Those for kids infinite. have the coolest mom and dad. Dude. Yeah, I can, you can see it building, and uh, hopefully. Uh, Jordan, you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. I, give me why didn't we say that sooner? Know. Like, oh, I guess you did earlier. Earlier in the well, episode, I said that at the beginning. This episode yeah. was inspired by Jordan Shipley's idea for it. So, yeah, it was something I always wanted to do, but you saying that kind of gave me the encouragement to say, "I'm gonna hey, tag Brian, him first do in this. this episode." So, so. anyways, guys, yeah. to read off to get this business as quick as possible. If you guys are interested in representing with a shirt or a keychain or a button or something, we got a shop Etsy.com/slash Sacred Icon Halo. Check us out there. If you want to support us on Patreon, get yourself some free swag. Get yourself uh, you know, featured on the podcast with a question. Patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. If you want to join our Discord, we keep trying to shout out to make sure people know this, but everyone is welcome in our Discord. We have a lot of great conversation there, and it is building because the infinite information is coming, and we're going to want to talk. You're going to want to talk about infinite with people. You're going to want to get on that hype train. So join our Discord. Discord. Uh, it's Sacred Icon Halo on Discord. Uh, we have a website, sacrediconhalo.com. Basically, if you guys are looking for Sacred Icon Halo content, that is our name anywhere. Uh, we've got it claimed everywhere. Uh, if you want to send us an email, long form, uh, you can go to uh, send us an email at sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. Josh, what am I forgetting? Of course, there's a Twitter, Sacred Icon Halo. Uh, if you want to contact Josh, Jovial Joshy on Twitter, I am at Brian's Bane. I think that's covered most of our socials and stuff. Instagram. Hey, if you listen to us on Apple Pods, uh, yeah, on either follow us on Instagram at Sacred Icon Halo and on Apple Pods. Ooh. Leave us a five star review if you use it. Uh, that would mean so much. We'll make it, it off funny, guys. Even if you leave a five star review and 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 you 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 want us to sing, you have a suggestion in there. You know what I want, Josh? It could be what I want. You want. What do you me want? mind to leave uh, a five star rating on our iTunes and the the it just says meme. I would die. <laughs> I would die. It'd be perfect, but. 
uh, you welcomed him in. And he was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> that's a quake moment. Anyway, uh, yeah, a serious, quake, serious moment. quake moment. But uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, and and p- please pass this along to your friends if you enjoy it. Uh, let other people know in the community. It helps so much for us. It makes us feel good. And Tell us uh, if you guys enjoyed cool. last week's episode with Ian from Halo Cannon. Let us know of someone you'd like to have guested on the show that you haven't heard yet. If there's somebody in the community, Absolutely. either you know a YouTuber, uh, someone from 343, if we if we can get have those chops to to nail them down, uh, let us know who you'd like to hear, and we will try to have them on the show. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, this has been another episode of the Sacred Icon episode Halo 39, podcast. and now we go into. Oh, yeah, guys, you're going to want to tune in next week. We're going to be bringing that hype full stop for Infinite, guys. We're almost there. Oh, I'm telling you what. I'm ready. I'm driving right now. You guys can't see it, but I'm going to drive. It looks like like spaghetti. spaghetti. Can you hear it? Can you hear it the way I'm moving? It's actually kind of scary watching I'm going to run out of breath doing this. It is. It is kind of scary. I can feel feel my my, my saddlebag shaking. The hype hype is so real right now. We get off the podcast. We call each other. We start talking about Halo Infinite. So so. (laughs) we do every time. We really do every time. But uh, we will uh, see you guys on the next Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Uh, Keep it sacred. Peace, guys.